Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international (laughs) depression. Bitch, you got coronavirus. When this election is over in Virginia, we will know. Have we seen the emergence of the Delta variant of Trumpism? <laughs> Are you serious? The Delta variant of Trumpism. In other words, Yunkin, same disease, but spreads a lot faster and can get a lot more places. You now that's have, implying that, yeah. that Yunkin is more dangerous than uh, well, the president. Former well, president. No, no, more easy to spread. Okay. He is playing footsie with the worst of Trumpism. Let's go, Brandon. He's using the critical race theory, head fakes, which is a softer version of a very virulent anti-black posture. If you can flirt with Trumpism and still win in the suburbs, that's a new development for us. You can't be serious, man. You are fake news. You cannot be serious. Very fake news. It's the most goddamn faggy thing you ever seen. I agree with that. All right, America... Go to the YouTube right now. And also big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. I don't know about you, but it is certainly good to me to be back in the chair without a ridiculous get up like we had last week washing off the makeup from my face was that was an ordeal after the show the entire shower turned black i may have ruined a shower curtain once a year is about all i can handle for that sort of thing yeah uh you know and regardless some would say that we look like jackasses each and every week so it doesn't doesn't necessarily change wait who would say that maybe just one of us i don't know you decide which (laughs) <laughs> of course, the news doesn't care about any of that. It stops for nobody. And uh, we've got a lot of important news this week and into the weekend to get through. Uh, Joe's vaccine mandate for private businesses over 100 employees. We've been wondering for weeks when this was going to come out or if it ever was. It finally drops on Thursday. And then by Saturday, it's already suspended by a federal judge. That's temporary, obviously. Uh, but... Um, it, it, for now, it's not going to be enforced. They weren't planning on enforcing it until January, but we're going to have some some legal battle on this. And fittingly, one of the guys who brought this particular suit is a grocery store owner named none other than Brandon. So good for Brandon. Some might say, let's go. And if you're the sort of person who's uh, I don't I, I probably tough sell for you on this. But if you're the sort of person who's still available to white pills and silver linings. Thursday, uh, Tuesday, rather Tuesday's elections turned out, uh, turned out great. And, um, there was a lot of entertainment on top of it. So, 
uh, you maybe maybe we have a lot of Brandon fans out there, but everybody now is an Ed Durr fan as well. Yeah. Big Senator elect Ed Durr fan. Uh, congrats to Mr. Durr and all of Tuesday's unlikely winners. And later in the show, we'll get to the, the primary researcher of the famed Pissgate dossier that was much of the basis for the Trump Russia investigation. He's been arrested, charged with lying to the FBI. This is part of John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Trump Russia investigation. And maybe the FBI doesn't have time to vet the claims of people like this guy who's just been charged. The uh, the Russian uh, the what's his name? He has a super Russian name. I forgot. About so it. Russian. I, I can't even remember. I'm yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to him. But uh, they don't have time to vet his claims. They do have time to raid Project Veritas yeah. late into the weekend, into the weekend, including, as Point of yesterday, yeah. James O'Keefe himself. Mm-hmm. He's been searched because Project Veritas has some connection to and or possession of Ashley Biden's diary, daughter of the president. So we'll we'll catch up with that. And, uh, of course, we have hoax hate before we get out of here. And tonight's movie review is... Fight Club, which I know you're not particularly fond of, or at least think it's overrated, but uh, we shall see. Do I agree with you? Did I like it? Did I hate it? We'll find out. And of course, we'll catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can before 1130 p.m. Eastern time. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristiansandmedia.com. The show store is up and running. Uh, so we have T-shirts, we have hats, we have mugs, we have it all. Plus, also on the website, we have great offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. <clears throat> Frog and excuse me. This week's feature business is our friends over at... Freedom Hill Coffee Roasters. Freedom Hill Coffee Roasters was founded by veterans to serve America, America's heroes. Every sale puts veterans to work and funds Freedom Hill Farm and Folk School in northern Michigan, where vets and first responders share peace and purpose through craft and recreation. Freedom Hill Coffee is available in both grounds and single serving pods in a variety of roasts and flavors. Using promo code MATT10, you can get 10% off all Freedom Hill products with the exception of subscriptions support small business, support veteran charity and jobs, support listeners of this show and support yourself with great coffee from Freedom Hill Coffee Roasters. Promo code Matt 10 gets you 10% off at checkout. You can find everything from Freedom Hill and other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition and more. That's at mattchristiansandmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. Uh, I don't have any uh, updates or any kind of uh, housekeeping to tend to, so we can hop right into the news. Wow, Did you catch... first time ever. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while it happens, I guess. Nothing to correct from last week. No listener meetups, none of that. So good. we can get right into it. But uh, did you catch much of the Rittenhouse trial this week? Yeah, a little bit. It looks like it's been um, pretty good for his case. Pretty good. Remains to be seen, but... I just refuse to fall into the Chauvin trap again. Obviously, I and we have my opinions about this trial, as I did with the Chauvin trial. And once again, I I feel like the defense is... Well, it's not even that the defense is doing an amazing job. I'm not trying to discredit them. It's just the, the facts of the case are so heavily on one side here. I don't know what the prosecution is supposed to do. 
And you've got the prosecution this week calling a couple witnesses, Daily Caller video director Richie McGinnis. You got you had Ryan Balch is his name, who was also armed walking alongside Kyle, both testifying at least to Rosenbaum, who was the first guy shot that kicked off this whole ordeal. Uh, yeah, he was basically a crazy guy yelling death threats at Kyle specifically. Then he chased yeah. him. Then he lunged at the gun and said, fuck you, and tried to grab the gun. This is from the prosecution's witnesses. Yeah, this that's week. true. In but we do to live in a post-justice society, so I'm not really sure that it even matters that there's evidence supporting him. Yeah, I, I will be very interested to see what happens when um, the defense starts making their case. The prosecution is not finished up yet. I did. The, the only thing that knew that I learned this week personally, if you've been following this case, you've seen a lot of the video evidence. You probably wouldn't learn that much new from the trial so far. But I found it very interesting that the defense team was able to get out of one of the police detectives yeah, they basically gave missing biceps man, Gage Grosskrutz, a free pass on a lot of standard investigative protocol. So he didn't every, turn over his cell phone, right? They had a search warrant to get it. Most a lot of other people just turned over their phones voluntarily and said, yeah, here's right. all my data. Okay. Gage Grosskrutz didn't. They had a search warrant to get it. He still got out of it and they let him go, setting some How? obscure privacy law. Kind of get into it in the video. The last video I posted, if you want to break down on that mm. short version. There's an obscure victim's rights private. I say obscure, not because the law is obscure. The application of it here makes no sense. It's a victim's rights law that was just put into the Wisconsin Constitution. And it's it's called Marcy's Law. It's across a whole bunch of states. But it's generally designed to protect victims of crime from undue privacy intrusion. Uh, so it wouldn't apply to any of the other people surrounding the case. It shouldn't even apply to him because he's not an adjudicated victim. There, oh, that's right. There, there was that whole dispute about that. Is, so that is all nonsense. But and not only that, Gage Grosskrutz's interview with the police, uh, the investigators, everybody else's was recorded, not his. Right. Speaking of something to watch for starting uh, tomorrow, Monday, Gage Grosskrutz expected to take the stand for the uh, or at least he's a, a witness of the prosecution. So that will be something to tune into uh, as the case develops. And then the defense will make their case. And we're still, uh, you know, a week and at least a week out before we get any kind of uh, jury deliberation. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, oh, the other thing I'll be real quick, but a juror was dismissed for a joke. I'm sure you saw that Thursday. One of the jurors, I guess Wednesday, leaving the courthouse, he spoke with one of the court security officers and he said something to the effect of why did Kenosha police shoot Jacob Blake seven times? I don't know. Why did they? Because they ran out of bullets. That's. <laughs> The it's not even said. a good joke. It's pretty it's not good, even, Yeah, it's not that great. And uh, yeah, it's it, um, so a lot of people were speculating that maybe the, the, the juror was trying to get dismissed. Like this was a deliberate effort to get off the case. Who knows? Um, but I mean, would you want to be on the on the jury? There's also information breaking within the last few hours that there are efforts to take photos of the jurors leaving the courthouse to try to dox them on their way out. That's retarded. Why, why would you even do that? They'll just put in an alternate jury or juror, or there will be a mistrial declared. Uh, yeah, but I don't think these people think that far ahead. Um, the, uh, the judge agreed with the prosecutor's, uh, request to dismiss that juror. The prosecution had argued it showed racial bias, but the joke as described wasn't even racial. It was just, haha, Jacob Blake got shot. Can you not make jokes at the expense (laughs) of black people anymore? I guess you can't. You know the answer to that question. I, yeah. Anyway. I mean, we can. Um, speaking of 
racially charged or racially controversial juries. The Ahmad Arbery case is also going on. They've been doing jury selection for a couple of weeks now, but they finally got the jury seated. And that is, this, of course, is the case of the, the father and son, the McMichaels and their friend, Roddy Bryan, who this is the actual jogger case. If you need a memory refresh where they pursued jogger Ahmad Arbery, who was alleged to have been engaged in various jogging activities in the neighborhood and then they in got timberland in boots i always jog in my timberland boots and they got in a little bit of a, a a physical ordeal that resulted in ahmad arbery being shot that's this trial now in the end uh of the jury selection here there uh it's a jury of 12 one black man made it onto the jury of 12 all the others are white the full panel includes 16 uh four alternates of the 16 only four are men 12 women on this jury as well yeah uh, i i i don't i'm not a i think it's going to be pretty rough one for the mcmichaels that's that's my prediction on this one just women have a lot of jogger sympathies (laughs) the defense attorneys uh, or the prosecution had accused the defense of racial bias because the defense used their strikes to eliminate 11 of 12 prospective jurors Defense attorneys fired back at the allegations of racial bias, arguing the prospective jurors were eliminated because uh, not because of their skin color, but because of their attitudes toward the three men charged with murder and their responses to questions um, during more uh, more than two weeks of jury selection. So according to this story, several of them made openly pro Arbery or openly anti McMichael statements. And yeah, if you're the defense, you're probably going to probably going to try to get that uh, off the jury. Uh, but the judge did allow the defense's strikes. He, he said, quote, uh, he did say, uh, quote, there appears to be potential discrimination on the panel. So he's outright accusing the defense of racial discrimination as well. But opening statements in the case began yesterday, Friday. So another trial to keep an eye on. What's going to happen? Uh, with what? With that the trial? case. Yeah, uh, what's going to happen? Well, that, that. Uh, I think they're toast. When we broke down the story, yeah, what they were trying to cite some uh, citizens arrest law. But the, the trouble for their case is I understand it. And I'm shooting from the hip here because I haven't refreshed my memory on it for a while. But they did not even personally witness a crime, as I recall. They were informed about no. alleged criminal activity and then they took it upon themselves to yes. pursue. And as they pursued, I think Ahmad Arbery initiated the physical confrontation, but they're still pursuing this guy. I think as a I'm shooting from the hip as a layman. I think given the law and the political considerations in this case, going to be really tough for the McMichaels and Roddy Bryan, their friend, but we'll see. Uh, The, we do have a quick update in the Loudoun County, uh, Loudoun County controversy. The mom of the, (laughs) the mom of the, the, this is the mom of the Loudoun County skirt wearing kid boy who Mm. is now convicted of or the juvenile equivalent of convicted of raping the girl in the Loudoun County High School bathroom. Yeah, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but I think this kid has been unfairly maligned to a certain degree. Wow. Okay. I I can't. It's shocking to me that that I think this. Now, as I correctly predicted last week, he is not transgender. He's just a weird kid that's looking for attention, who sometimes says he's pansexual, dresses like a boy most of the time. But that day wore a skirt because he knew that he was going to try to bang this chick in the bathroom because they had they had banged in bathrooms previously. 
Mm-hmm. And so he just wanted to wear a skirt to like get access to the girl's bathroom so that they could bang. So they had made these dates previously to have sex. And this is admitted by the girl in these bathrooms. And then this one day he was like, so are we going to meet up and bang in the bathroom today? And she's like, I'm not feeling super great today. Can we circle back on this? And this so is I what guess the mom says, or this is what the invest this is what the court found. This is what the mom says, but the okay. girl did say that they had a pre-existing sexual relationship yeah, that yeah. was based on hooking up in the bathroom. So it's I think it's feasible the, the mom is telling the truth. Um, so I don't know the story about the sickness and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so he was he was pansexual, but he would wear a skirt periodically because he wanted the attention that's what his mom said and she did concede that her son is deeply troubled and everybody's saying every i the headline of this story that i read today was like the guy involved the kid involved in this sent a nude picture to a fifth grade girl now that is true but he did it when he was in the fifth grade oh okay so they're making it sound like it was now yeah but he was he was 10 or 11 when he did this it's still not good though i mean they (laughs) Even if even if you want to make the case that the kid is getting a rough deal, red flags for mom that she probably should have been monitoring and was not, it sounds like, yeah. or at least not adequately. There were some repercussions from that. And then it's just the typical story of like the parents divorced when um, when he was a baby. And then there's there's all this family drama and raised by a single mom and all this stuff. And so it just sounds like he's he's acting out and everything like that. Now, here's where I'm starting to believe the chick. So according to this mom, her son, she was talking to her son about what happened and being the girl who was raped or the mom, which chick. Wait, what did I say? You said you were starting to believe the chick. Who's the chick? The the 15 year old, the the girl. So this kid was talking to his mom about what had happened. And uh, the mom was like, how how did this happen? And he was like, well, I was trying to just have vaginal sex with her, but it kind of just went into her butt for 15 seconds. (laughs) And and that's 15 seconds. 10 to 15 seconds. And then the girl was like, that hurts. And then he was like, are you okay? Supposedly, according to the mom. So I don't really know how that happens. Um, I'm not really buying that, but I do believe that there's more to this story than previously believed. This kid's not transgender. And it sounds like the mom is really sympathetic to the LGBTQ cause. And so she's like calling him transgender does a disservice to the transgender community. He's just a weird kid that wants attention and wears a skirt every once in a while. Yeah. You kind of have, you have multiple controversies here. First of all, you have the controversy of the assault in the bathroom, which is its own thing. But but secondarily, you have uh, the question of to what extent was the, was this the result of policy decisions at Loudoun County schools? And it appears beyond dispute that yes. the ability to wear a skirt to enter a woman's uh, a women's bathroom for whatever purpose you purposes you may have, even if you wanted to argue this was consensual sex, which shouldn't be happening in the high school in general. But even if you wanted to argue that it's still being it, it's a loophole being exploited for that purpose. It's a it's yeah, a, totally. Yeah. 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 Um, but I'm not really sure if. If the school was trying to avoid charges on this because they were sympathetic to the transgender cause, I think that they just didn't want to deal with it, which also mm. is not great. I understand that. But I'm yeah. not sure that this was ever really intended to be this big political thing. If it, it was it was posed in the media as though it was the entire basis of this was was him being transgender. But I think that that is that's not even true. Mm. OK, anything else out of this story? Uh, not really. We'll we'll see. Um, I think that he has a hearing coming up November 15th for the other case for the second case. Um, yeah. 
the forcible touchable touching one. I mean, that that has to be considered here, too. Even if this one is being misrepresented, is it likely that he just went to another high school and darn it, found himself in another predicament? Everybody's out to get me. I, no, I, I think that there's uh, probably some bad actions on his part, given the Definitely, pattern at this yeah. point. Um, let's uh, let's update the uh, the rust story a little bit. The uh, of course, the shooting uh, by Alec Baldwin of his uh, one of his cinematographers and the, the director of his uh, film, because, of course, we've been we've had so many questions about Hannah Gutierrez, who is the, or was the armorer on this movie. Well, her lawyers appeared on NBC this week and suggested that someone intentionally sabotaged the blanks that Hannah used. Why? The, the allegation from the lawyers here is that someone came in and put a live round into the box of blanks for the purpose of sabotaging the movie or the set. Here's what they said. There was a box of dummy rounds, and the, the box is labeled dummy. Hannah did take from that box. She loaded rounds from that box into the, the handgun, only later to find out there is a, and she had no idea, she inspected the rounds, that there was a live round. Now, we don't know, however, whether that live round came from that box. We're assuming it did. We're assuming somebody put the live round in that box, which if you if you think about that, the person who put the live round in the box of dummy rounds had to have the purpose of sabotaging this set. There's no other reason you would do that, that you would mix that live round in with a dummy round. That is quite the claim. Why would it matter anyway? Well, yeah, she's, that's... she's responsible for it, for keeping it in her sights at all times. And who checks each round that's loaded in there? And does she not know the difference between a live round and a blank? Is she not an expert sufficient to make that judgment? They're clear. That... They're, they must be marked. Well, I haven't. I've never handled blanks. I mean, I've seen images of these things, but as far as I understand, what they're using on set is just it's a it's a it's just like a gun cartridge, but it's without the projectile. So the, the case is actually kind of crimped shut. But you should, based on what I've seen, again, haven't handled handled blanks, but that's Hannah Gutierrez's job. Uh, you should be able to tell the difference just visually between blanks and a live cartridge. Mm. But yeah, I mean, even if it's tough to tell, it's her job to tell. Yeah, and right. she she didn't do it there. I was wondering what would set who would sabotage and why their theory here, as far as I understand it, is that the people who were upset, the the workers who were upset uh, and left the left the set earlier in the day, the the camera crew and others, that they were so pissed off at the people producing the movie that they put the live round in the box so that someone generically would get shot. That's the theory that they're working with. That's retarded. Nobody would ever do that. No yeah. one. And and of course, we have the other theory of how live rounds may have been mixed in. We saw we had the report earlier that members of the production team were out just shooting these guns for fun, just target shooting earlier uh, in the week or earlier. Uh, I think it was just the day prior was the report or sometime close in uh, close to the actual shooting. Um, speaking with CNN, Rust cameraman Lane Looper rejected the sabotage theory. He says if they being the lawyers have evidence of that they should be talking to the sheriff and not to morning television shows. So apparently they've presented nothing tangible as to why they believe this to be the case, but they're yeah, it sounds like they don't even believe that. Yeah. Do you see luck. the looks in those lawyer fit those lawyers faces. They were like, good luck. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I did want to, I have a couple of, um, have a couple of, uh, updates from Brandon world, but, uh, if, if you paid attention to Palmetto state armory, um, not just in this context, but 
through many others. They manufacture AR parts, AR lowers, all sorts of everything ARs. Um, and one of the things that Palmetto State Armory does is they make these meme lowers. So you can get all sorts of engravings in your AR lower. Uh, maybe you want something serious or maybe you want some kind of joke of the day. Uh, and they started engraving Let's Go Brandon into their AR lowers. It's a picture of Joe Biden with, uh, you can see it on your screen there, Joe Biden cheering above a checkered flag. And the, it's called the Let's Go 15. And the selector switch on the Let's Go 15 instead of safe, semi, and, and auto is uh, fuck Joe Biden on your selector switch. So the uh, the intrepid reporters over at NBC caught caught wind of this, and uh, they're obviously outraged, but they've inquired with the Secret Service about whether this constitutes a threat against the President of the United States. We have some new NBC News exclusive reporting on a dangerous way gun dealers are marketing their weapons, including violent threats against President Biden. One South Carolina gun dealer going as far as changing the inscription on the safety lever of its AR-15 rifle. Meanwhile, two other gun manufacturers are advertising AR-15 magazines with Let's Go Brandon stickers. That's a code phrase for a swearing insult at the president. A South Carolina gun dealer called Palmetto State Armory is selling what is known as a lower receiver, which is essentially the guts of an AR-15 assault rifle branded Let's Go 15. And as you said, on the weapons fire selector, the expletive we can't say on television is next to the safety mode. The word Joe is next to the single shot mode. And the word Biden is next to the automatic firing mode. None of the companies have responded to our request for comments. I reached out to the Secret Service to see whether they consider this a threat against the president, but a spokesman declined to comment. So far, we have not heard from the White House. The fact that a code phrase for profaning the U.S. president is now being used to market guns and ammunition suggests that the rage that was on display on January 6th has not subsided, Joe. What a bunch of humorless fags. God. Oh, it's it's just like January 6th. You know yeah. that uh, event where nobody had guns? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and basically nothing happened except a bunch of right-wing <laughs> it's, people it's, got killed. It's just like that. And of course, the implication being, if you are a gun owner or specifically a Let's Go 15 owner, uh, you're you're a criminal by virtue of uh, your firearm possession. So uh, great advertising for Palmetto State, who's already crushing it on the sales of these and, and many others. So congratulations to them. And I'm sure they will have uh, no trouble selling even more of them. Uh, it, I'm I'm sure plenty of people are are sick of the Brandon meme. And I will acknowledge, as I do each and every week, it's been absolutely run into the ground it really and I've has participated. you know ben shapiro is selling the shirts that means it's over everyone <laughs> that does mean that it's probably time to retire it but i said i was in it until it was totally dead it, this might be another indicator that it's dead though is because leftists and progressives are trying to reclaim the meme so there was news late last week the, the latest jobs report is slightly less garbage than they have been for the last several months and so hashtag thank you brandon was trending on Twitter. They're now thanking Joe Biden for his wonderful performance using the hashtag and the slogan. Thank you, Brandon. So not only can they not come up with their own uh, funny memes, they have to take memes that are funny and repurpose them into lame, unfunny packages like thank you, Brandon. (laughs) And this is the last Brandon thing. No, it's not actually because the lawsuit guy was named Brandon, but I swear it's the last Brandon thing for the immediate moment. Uh, NASCAR has disavowed. Let's go, Brandon. Na- NASCAR oh, wants on. nothing to do with it. NASCAR's president, Steve Phelps, said Friday, quote, it's un- it's an unfortunate situation. And I feel for Brandon. I feel for Kelly. 
I think, unfortunately, it speaks to the state of where we are as a country. We do not want to associate ourselves with politics, the left or the right. And that's referring to driver Brandon Brown and reporter Kelly Stavist, uh, who coined the phrase, of course. NASCAR also has plans to pursue legal action against anyone infringing on its trademark or copyrights. So apparently you see a lot of let's go Brandon stuff stylized like NASCAR. They have those yellow, blue and red bars on their logo that at least if it's copied too close, that is the uh, trademarked property of NASCAR. So be careful if you're selling let's go Brandon merch. And I feel really conflicted because on the one hand, I really appreciate a, a sports league in air quotes. I, I know it's some a big debate about whether NASCAR is a sport or not, but entertainment outfit or sports league, whatever you want to call it. I appreciate uh, them stepping out of politics for a second saying, you know what? We're not political. We don't want to do this. On the other hand, though, um, I've never cared about that. Na- this is the most I've ever cared about NASCAR in my entire life is during the Brandon well, they're losing all uh, their credibility for white hicks right now. You got to imagine that their audience is actual Brandon fans and metaphorical Brandon fans, both. Uh, and some of that is overlap. People who actually love the driver, Brandon Brown, and his unlikely victory and people who hate Joe Biden. They're not even mutually exclusive. There's a lot of people who are both of those things. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh Last thing before we hop into uh, Biden's vaccine mandate news, but now that the Pfizer vaccine is approved for kids five and over, CNN, of course, wasting no time in producing yet more propaganda with Sesame Street. They've done this before, but now they're doing it on the vaccine for kids. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, you may remember for the uh, the Joe Rogan episode recently, <laughs> he's working with Big Bird and Elmo and all the rest of them to make sure that your kids are just begging you. To go get the injection. Oh, oh, I have a way. I've been staying healthy, Dr. Sanjay. Look. Oh, does Rosita have a boo-boo? Oh, oh, no, I made this is from my COVID vaccine. My mommy and my papi took me to get it this morning. Rosita, that's great. Getting the COVID vaccine is a great way to stay healthy. See, my mommy and my papi said that it will help keep me, my friends, my neighbors, my abuela all healthy. Your parents are absolutely right. You know, COVID vaccines are now available for children five years and older. And the more people who get them, the better we're going to be able to help stop the spread of COVID. Okay. I mean, that That is criminal and super creepy. It's not even true. Stop the spread. We've, as far as I understand, the CDC, their official position is it doesn't necessarily prevent transmission. It prevents severe symptoms. So it's like targeting kids, propagandizing them. Also, maybe not lying, but lie adjacent, misleading. According to the science from the experts, that's not actually a very credible statement. So it's very disturbing. At least the little girl was Mexican, though. They're they're really getting in all those minority points that way. <laughs> Rosita. The, the, yeah. Rosita, the green, uh, whatever. What is she? I don't even know what I'm looking at. What kind of animal know. is that? Who knows? Uh, Friendly reminder, I was looking it up. It's not, to be clear, it's not all of their funding. It's not the majority of it. Uh, PBS and Sesame Street, by extension, they still receive some public funding, too. You you are. Seriously? Yeah, you are. I guess that's no surprise. Yeah. So the Corporation for Public Broadcasting does get public uh, federal federal money. So you you are you handed them at least a couple bucks for that one. Uh, But speaking of the vaccine, before we get to the next story, my parents are doing a terrible job of keeping my dog quiet. I'm going to have to go. 
I'm okay. having to mute it every every other. I can uh, I can, can start you do off a few on the super chats, or um, I could do a super chat break if you want. Really Just quick. super short. I'll be like a minute. All right, let's right, uh, I'm let's mute do you that. in the interim. Okay, well, pardon the brief interruption, everybody. Sorry about that, but uh, yeah, let's catch up with some chats here and uh, see what we got. I'll uh, let's see. Give me a second because I got to refresh all my stuff. But let's start um, over on Tippy Stream. Let's see here. Uh, Incompetent Hands says, had a dream that... Uh... Oh, wait, no, this one. Sorry. Here we go. Charles Yaus. Uh, when you get around to reviewing gay pornos... <laughs> Are we going to get around to reviewing gay porn? All right. I highly recommend the classic 1996 O'Brien Brothers film, Oklahoma. All right. I'll keep that one in mind. Thank you for the suggestion. Issue says a new month. So in lieu of uh, Trovo gifted subs, here's some cash on tippy stream. Let's go, Brandon. Well, thank you. And um, I would say RIP to uh, to Trovo. But of course, um, they don't really deserve that sort of well-wishing. So we'll just we'll leave it at that. And thank you for uh for your support for the show. Let's go, Brandon. Aaron D. Sorry. Oh, you're back already. Yeah, sorry. They're pissed off that I uh, narked on them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I only got through like a couple chats here, but Aaron D. said, um, probably going to be losing my job here in a couple months because I've already had COVID and I don't want to get the jab. I wonder how many millions, uh, millions of people are in the same boat as I am. Going to be an interesting couple of months. P.S. Let's go, Brandon. Everyone's on the Brandon train. <laughs> no, um, this needs to end. It's over. I am not going to be niggardly. Uh, thank you for your support for the show. And thank you for fighting the good fight, too. I, I wish you all the best in uh, however this develops. And if it develops in the worst way, you know, sometimes when life pushes you a particular direction, there are new opportunities uh, in that as well. So I, I hope you find something better. And thanks for supporting the show. All right. Let's um, let's hop into the vaccine mandate. Because, of course, we've been waiting for weeks and weeks, and it was speculated that maybe this would just never even happen at all. But on Thursday, it did. And, and Joe Biden rolled out this OSHA rule that mandates vaccination for all workers at companies employing 100 people or more. And then about five seconds later, a federal judge put it on hold, citing constitutional and statutory concerns. We'll get to that in a moment. But I want to start with the mandate itself. Uh, Biden had set or has now formally set this January uh, a deadline of January 4th for enforcement here. Right. Very convenient, by the way. It's like uh, over Christmas, we need to make sure that everyone gets their gifts and so they don't get really pissed off. Right after. Corona's not that dangerous, but right after the holidays, man, that thing is going to start killing you faster than you'll ever believe. So we're going to wait till after the holidays because that's when Corona really kicks in. Um, Unvaccinated workers, by the way, according to the social rule, again, not going to be enforced for the time being, but according to this, Starting December 5th, unvaccinated workers anywhere at one of these hundred plus employers have to wear masks because OSHA says so. Um, Companies also companies must provide paid time off to get vaccinated and paid sick leave for any side effects. That's another way just to gouge employers. That's going to um, allow some vaccine side effects to come to light. You would think the motivation to get a couple of days off would would be there. And maybe, yeah. maybe we'll see. But um, OSHA says they will allow medical and religious objection exemptions. The exact terms of what that will be, I haven't been able to find 
exactly. But apparently that's going to be an option. The question is, will your employer allow you to do that? Beside uh, whether OSHA will companies failing to comply can be fined $14,000 per worker for accidental violations up to $140,000 per worker for willful noncompliance. So they just start tossing zeros at it. It's the numbers are made up. They don't matter. Who cares? And employers are required to cover the cost of testing for workers who choose to test weekly. Right now, as of this order, you could choose to test weekly if your employer allows you to do that. God, that sucks. They have to be the nose tests. I assume, but also the the rule does not require employers to cover those costs. Not that that would be just anyway, but what that means is if you're a person who would like the privilege of working in Joe Biden's America and you don't necessarily want to get injected with this substance against your will, you have to pay yourself to go get tested each and every week. Just for the privilege of working and providing for yourself, the king decrees. Uh, It's absolutely outrageous. And and as far as enforcement, OSHA is saying they're going to send inspectors to workplaces to ensure compliance. So, According to what they're saying, yes, one day OSHA goons are going to show up at your business door and demand to see your papers, says an OSHA spokesperson, quote, the bottom line is vaccination requirements work and the actions we're taking tomorrow will lead to millions of Americans getting vaccinated, protecting workers, saving lives, strengthening our economy and helping it accelerate our path out of this pandemic. Uh, Coming soon, the bottom line is pointing a gun at your face and pulling the trigger works. Yeah, that is always we've talked about it before, but that is the there. It works is the argument of this administration, which is ironic because most of the time it doesn't work. Doesn't work. It works. We don't care about moral considerations. We don't care about legal considerations. (laughs) If it works, it's fine. But the mandate is now on hold, at least uh, as of uh, yesterday. So as we've talked about, this order is, is layers upon layers of constitutional questions at best total illegitimacy at worst and those reasons being there is no precedent or authority for the federal government to be mandating vaccines for all the people want to cite jacobson v massachusetts and all this has never happened from the federal government and even if it had or even if there was some sort of uh, precedent to do this it would have to come from congress there's no authority for osha to start decreeing this stuff osha has right. never decreed a vaccine mandate in its history that that has not happened you need a congressional act to back up this action that hasn't happened and that those are just the surface level reasons to consider this constitutionally dubious so on saturday the fifth circuit court of appeals froze the mandate citing quote grave statutory and constitutional issues with the rule uh, the case this particular case is a joint lawsuit from several businesses Uh, and advocacy groups and the states of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Utah. There are of course, multiple additional lawsuits before uh, that are, that are pending before federal courts right now as well. The two page order directs the Biden administration to respond by Monday night. The Biden administration has not made any public statement in response, but the labor department's lawyer says they are confident in the legal authority of this rule. Uh, But who cares? Like I, Per their own argument, who cares if they're confident in the legal authority? It works. If it works, uh, yeah, th- it works. Legal considerations be damned, and um, appropriately. And I swear to God, this is going to be the last Brandon reference from me tonight. Tonight, uh, you hear that, folks? But next week, <laughs> uh, who's partially responsible for this challenge? Uh, Brandon Trosclair, 
who owns a Louisiana chain of grocery <laughs> stores. On behalf of Brandon, the Liberty Justice Center says, quote, supermarket employees like Trosclairs and others are, and other essential workers who braved the pandemic and were once hailed as heroes now face losing their jobs if they don't comply with the government's demands. And this is despite the fact they are not government employees, but employed by private businesses. Brandon personally says, quote, I am faced with the incomprehensible choice imposed upon me by the federal government Force these workers whose dedication and skills have fueled my business's success to take the COVID vaccine or show them the door. So good for him for fighting the good fight. I got to imagine. uh, I know I'm trying to really be careful about optimism for court cases. I really don't think that this is going to stand up to legal scrutiny. I think the play from the Biden administration is just do just throw shit at the wall and try to get people to do stuff and if it gets struck down later then who cares because by the time it gets struck down the people probably would have already done the stuff that we want them to do anyway i mean i i just don't have any faith that um the structure of the law is going to support support us anymore so does it really matter does it it really matter if we have a case here i think they'll just be like "Mm, no the Supreme but, Court took a lot of heat, I think, rightfully for refusing the election uh, cases. Mm-hmm. If they refuse to hear this case and let this stuff stand, I mean, oh, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> Do they fear the wrath of the public? Well, I don't know. I, 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 I'm feeling pretty confident, but I also know that there's another prospect whereby Kyle Rittenhouse is convicted in a couple weeks time. And then right after that, the, the Supreme Court's like, hmm. I don't know. Uh, federal <laughs> mandates that have no basis in law, the Constitution, or morality Seems itself. Fine to me. <laughs> not really our place to say. Yeah. Just go ahead. <sighs> uh, I'm feeling okay, but uh, not that okay. You know, I'm a little, definitely a little nervous about how these will play out. But hey, if you want a little bit of encouragement, there was Tuesday's election. Uh, Tuesday's uh, elections across multiple states. And of course, the Virginia governor's race was the the highlights or the the most uh, prominently featured of all the races. But man, uh, the noteworthy events were they happened all across states and across different jurisdictions. So um, it, it was not only a surprise win by Republican Glenn Youngkin over Democratic former Governor Terry McAuliffe for the governor of Virginia, but a fairly decisive one, at least relative to expectations. The final results uh, out of Virginia, Youngkin pulls off a two point win, 50.7 percent to 48.6. It's a difference of about 70,000 votes. And Youngkin's momentum you know, was clearly built uh out of virginia at least in part out of virginia specific issues like what's been going on with these local school boards yeah Mm, yeah and and all these education issues but the trend of surprises in favor of republicans uh, and away from democrats that happened all across the country so to me i don't know about you but the the new jersey governor's race was probably the biggest (laughs) surprise yeah there was no. Nobody I was thinking th- about Ed Durr. That's why I was. <laughs> well, I would call him a surprise, but nobody even knew who the hell Ed Durr yeah. was last week at this time. So maybe he's a surprise in his own way. But in terms of breaking expectations, nobody thought Phil Murphy was vulnerable in any way, and the results mm-hmm. just kept coming in. And I thought, my God, really? is, yeah. is 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 uh, this guy I've never heard of again, Jack? I think it's Chitterelli. I've heard multiple people say Chitterelli, and I. I hope it's I don't not buy that. it. <laughs> I hope it's not that. But hey, uh, way to give uh, Phil Murphy a run for his money. Uh, and I know it's you probably shouldn't be celebrating losses, but man, relative to expectations here, this is a 
it's a it's a moral victory uh, yeah. in New Jersey if if New Jersey can be salvaged with moral victories. But you get what I'm saying. So the, the count right now, Phil Murphy is uh, he's you've got almost all your uh, votes in. Phil Murphy's at fifty point nine percent. Jack uh, Chitterelli at forty eight point three percent. Again, about seventy thousand votes separating the two of them. And Jack Chitterelli is not conceding the race yet. He said in a Twitter video, um, the governor's victory speech last night was premature. No one should be declaring victory or or conceding the election until every legal vote is counted. The Chitterelli campaign has not indicated whether it would seek a recount in this tight race, instead opting to see how the rest of the voting plays out before mm. deciding their next course of action. There are apparently a bunch of mail-in ballots still outstanding. But there were many, many surprises from Tuesday uh, that are that are worth noting. There, uh, In Virginia, uh, Republicans have actually taken back the state house. And this uh, is now official after... Um, after Virginia state delegate Martha Mugler has conceded to challenger AC Cordoza, but Cordoza terrible names, just bad Mugler bad or Martha Mugler, Mugler. Martha might, be, might be Mugler. I don't know, but Cordoza, this Republican challenger spent one twelfth of what Mugler did. <laughs> and, and, and the race was polling likely Democrat immediately yeah. beforehand. Now, Mugler is also the head of Hampton, Virginia, the former head of Hampton, Virginia's school board. So another school board connection there. And similar things happened in Long Island, where all sorts of um, of no name, underfunded Republicans flat beat. Out, uh, did they, they flat out beat um, Democratic incumbents with all sorts of resources and uh, name recognition. And, and then in Seattle. In Seattle, a Republican won the city attorney's. Uh, seat. So this is Ann Davison, and she ran on a platform of law and order. She defeated a progressive candidate who was running on what else? Abolishing the police. police. But Davidson, wow. Davison has uh, pledged to increase prosecutions of misdemeanor crimes and to clean up homeless camps. So maybe even Holy Seattle's smokes. had enough of this bullshit. I, I think I should check, but a lot of times these um, these Attorney races are technically nonpartisan, so I don't know that she actually had an R next to her name on the ballot. It doesn't matter. She's gonna she's gonna get murdered. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe maybe the clock is ticking. But it, totally, she's not safe in Seattle. I hope she lives under lock and key. Nobody knows where she is, and <laughs> yeah. she probably needs a good security detail. At the end of the day, she ran on more policing, not less. Tougher on crime ideas, not less. So good for her and good for Seattle. And of course, the hero of the week. Uh, nobody symbolized this election cycle more than Edward Durr, I would say. <laughs> and I, I did check because Durr is such a funny name. I, I've heard people say Durr. No, nope, they're it's, just trying to get out of this. It's Ed Durr. It's Ed Durr. That's the way Ed Durr says it. He's a trucker from New Jersey. Ed Durr is a man who has never held public office until now. And he decided to challenge uh, Steve Sweeney, the Democrat incumbent and president of the New Jersey State Senate. Durr left a long-haul trucking job to work a local route close to home. And that brought him, uh, that bought him time, rather, to walk door-to-door and talk to voters. He reportedly only spent $153 on his campaign, which bought him uh, Dunkin' Donuts to thank his volunteers and flyers. <laughs> I did see another report that said he spent $2,300. Either this is way, great. This is great. 
Either way, absolute duct tape candidacy. And he takes out the the long serving 20 year, uh, 20 year incumbent uh, of the, uh, the 20 year incumbent New Jersey State Senate president. Here is a political ad from uh, <laughs> from Ed Durr. And clearly it's not one hundred and fifty three dollars that went into the production of this one. Hello, my name is Edward Durr. I'm running for New Jersey State Senate. I've lived here all my life raising my three kids. In 2020, my opponent sat by and watched as Governor Murphy forced nursing homes to take in COVID-19 patients, resulting in the death of over 8,000 of our seniors. He remained silent as Governor Murphy, with his lockdown and mandates, forced the closing of over one-third of our small businesses, costing New Jersey family thousands of jobs. He has done nothing as seven out of every 10 moves are leaving the state. The Senate President has spent 20 years in Trenton. Higher taxes, increasing debt, and a rising cost of living. We deserve better. Vote for me, Edward Durr, for Senate. And they How did. How did that cost $150? It, it clearly <laughs> is below that budget. It wasn't even filmed on an iPhone. Whatever. He won, so. And it wasn't even proofread. Did you notice the error <laughs> I, in the script? I didn't. What did it, what did so it say? I, I put the screenshot in the notes, but he said... Uh, Governor Phil Murphy closed small businesses, costing New Jersey family thousands of jobs. It's it's like a bad Chinese translation oh, no. or something like that. And then it had the shaky cam yeah. issue. I was focused on that. But interviewed by Breitbart, Ed Durr says, quote, the main issue was rights. People talk about how New Jersey has the highest taxes and we're the worst state for business and high debt and so on. But bottom line is rights. It's family. When somebody's messing with your family, you'll do anything. The governor was messing with people's families. When you mess with somebody's job, their livelihood, their home, their children, people uh, just won't take that. Right on. That's true. I, I can agree with that. Certainly Ed Durr's opponent, again, uh, New Jersey Senate President Steve Sweeney, he's still refusing to concede. Sweeney says he will not concede until every ballot has been counted. He says, quote, the results from Tuesday's election continue to come in. For instance, there were 12,000 ballots recently found in one county. While I am currently trailing in the race, we want to make sure that every vote is counted. Our voters deserve that and we'll wait for the final results. There have been all sorts of allegations about uh, additional fortification and other impropriety in the New Jersey election. I haven't had time to vet those uh, very thoroughly myself, but... That's an interesting thing to say. We found 12,000 ballots in a place, you know, we, we, we can we can yeah. we can find another non suitcase of them laying around here somewhere. This is a real shot in the arm for the demoralized American voter. Hmm. So well, I think it's good for morale. Do you feel morale. any encouragement or are you beyond um, such hope? I don't know. I mean, uh, I was feeling incredibly discouraged until I saw all the lunatic leftists elected to positions in Coeur d'Alene. And then, really? Uh, that, you I had decided, a lot of bad local results? Oh, yeah. Really bad. Like commie city council members. And it's, it's a fucking disaster. It's mm. uh, it's really bad. So uh, only 35% voter turnout. So I guess I am going to be voting in all upcoming elections for the foreseeable future. Um, you've, you've flipped a little bit. Wow. I um, Yeah, yeah. My okay. dear friend Dave Riley barely lost. He lost by like like 50 votes or something for Coeur d'Alene city council or what office? No, he was a, it was post falls school board. Oh, okay. 
I couldn't have voted for him anyway, but um, still, I'm like such a small margin. I really have no business taking a stand about this right now. I probably need to continue voting. Coeur about to get taken over. I expected maybe we'd have a little bit more of a, a fight or a disagreement on this, but I, I'm glad to hear that. Of course, I'm not so delusional as to think, well, all we got to do is show up and vote on election day and we win. There's way more work just culturally and changing people's minds and opinions um, beyond just the boxes they check on their ballots. However, Ugh, I'm going to get jury duty. <laughs> it was, well, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting juries you might be able to serve oh, on these days. Oh God, I don't want to do that. I'd be the person that got thrown out of the Elizabeth Holmes trial for playing Sudoku last week. <laughs> well, it, it is, it is good to see that voting uh, has had some impacts because like you're saying, if, if everybody stays home, guess what? In Seattle, you get the police, abol- the abolish the police lady, or yeah. in Virginia, you get Terry McAuliffe and odd, the odds are much higher that your kids are going to get some sort of Marxist racial propaganda at school or the New Jersey uh, Senate president who's been sitting in office forever remains there comfortable and doesn't give a rat's ass about you. So it's not that I expect the country to just turn around and suddenly become rainbows and unicorns. But that simple act of just filling out your ballot for a few minutes, it, it really made a difference. And I'm, I'm glad to see that. I do take encouragement uh, from that. I'm and, sorry I berated you so much on Wednesday's show about this. Well, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've done my best to stand strong against such berating for several years time. now, <laughs> And it's not that I'm not deserving of berating uh, quite often. So I but understand. But about this... You were correct. <laughs> and it, how can you not be encouraged? Your name can literally be Herder. Uh, he, his name could be Herder. <laughs> and he could take out like a, somebody of immense political power mm-hmm. in his state. Yeah. And, and so it's encouraging on a local level, a state level, but even nationally, Democrats' biggest dreams at least are ruined for, you know, probably the, the next year or two. And I say that with full acknowledgement that... <laughs> They passed their infrastructure bill. So, you know, we're, we're, we're still talking about pumping the brakes rather than stopping them outright. Yeah. You'll still take that. Um, and, and I think that moderate or vulnerable Democrats are going to have a hard time supporting the worst uh, of the of the radical agenda of some of those Democrats in, in Congress. So you'll take that. You'll take that even if it's not a perfect world. It's a better world. And that's encouraging. Um, also, there are the reactions to. All of this. And I have to mention some of that stuff because the political reactions were just amazing. So first of all, uh, Charlie Olifson was Terry McAuliffe's social media manager during the campaign. On Tuesday, that account went private and his bio on Twitter read, quote, I tried my best. Get fucked, Confederate country. Have fun with low taxes and no morals. <laughs> I don't know that that doesn't seem very trolly to me, but it wasn't porn posted on his account later. So it it is disputed as to whether he actually did this. So. It, he did have control of this account, and we know that he did because as recently as last Friday, he was one of the people posting the Tiki Torch people and saying, oh, right, right. look at these uh, Tiki Torchers supporting Glenn Youngkin. Not a false flag. Yeah. Then he privated his account and posted that stuff in his bio. However, as you say, if you look at the bio now, apparently it directs to a porn site. So. Ah, uh, I don't know. Did someone uh, hack it? The, the, the McAuliffe campaign is saying it's not his account. Someone has gained control of it. Twitter's investigating. So they're denying. But um, anyway, uh, even yeah. if that one is some other oddities uh, going on there, and it's not really his thoughts. My favorite was uh, Van Jones, 
who on CNN made this confused and painful claim about Glenn Youngkin being the Delta variant of Trump. When this election is over in Virginia, we will know. Have we seen the emergence of the Delta variant of Trumpism? The Delta variant of Trumpism. In other words, Youngkin, uh, same disease, but spreads a lot faster and can get a lot more places. You well, now that's have, implying that yeah. that Youngkin is more dangerous than the uh, well, president, former well, president. No, no, more easy to spread. Okay, because oh. be, more more easy, easy to spread. Because if you if you look at what he's doing, he is playing footsie with the worst of Trumpism. He's using the all the critical race theory, uh, uh, head fakes and head nods, which is a softer version of a very uh, uh, virulent kind of anti-black uh, 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 posture. If you can flirt with Trump. And still put and, and still win in the suburbs. That's a new development for us. You know, the hallmark of a good and straightforward analogy is having to explain it subsequently for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also uh, I mean, obviously they're comparing their opposition to a disease, which uh, I guess is fine if you're the good guy team. But I thought it was hilarious. Anderson Cooper interjects and you think, OK, he's going to be like, well, wait, well, let's not compare people to diseases his interjection was wait uh that would imply that trump is who's the worst disease in this metaphor let's make sure that the proper disease is assigned to the proper person but the metaphor doesn't even make sense um because his whole point is yunkin is more easily spread than trump idea being that yunkin did well in suburbs was the point that he was making what the, but the Trump the Trump popularity was a revolution a, a, a nationwide an international revolution yeah. what is he talking about well and even in Virginia I looked up the numbers Trump got nearly two million votes in Virginia in 2020 Glenn Youngkin just uh, got just over 1.7 million so in no way is the Youngkin effect more widespread than Trump it's just a broken metaphor it's just dumb and you know that Van Jones sat down with his pen and notepad the night before he's like oh this one the delta trump oh man good one van and naturally the the response on cnn and msnbc has been what else everyone else everyone's racist and that's why democrats lost this was a supercut of some of that from uh, tom elliott over at grabian glenn youngkin played the race card for a reason because he knows it works he did stoke white grievance politics education right which is code for White parents don't like the idea of teaching about race. The subtext of all this was we can't let these black and brown people run the country. This more palatable Republican who still uses the same racist themes that Trump did. This is about the fact that a good chunk of voters out there are okay with white supremacy. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not seeing a lot of problems with anything that they said. (laughs) Well, uh, no acknowledgement, of course, of the ironies that these people focus on race every single minute of every single day and their racialization of everything, including schools, is what caused. I I don't understand how you can speak about race as much as they do and then get mad when people respond in racial terms. I don't even agree that's what people were doing. But if you set the terms of everything as race, there will be a racial backlash. Don't you think that that this is by design? This is an accidental. Yeah. They just want to smack white people in the face just every day a little bit. And then when a white person punches them back, they're like, you did this because I'm black. You're a racist. Yeah, you're a racist. It's like, no, you think you've been torturing me, tormenting me. You push me to this. It's like that that lady that said the N word. And then she was like, you (laughs) push me to this. (laughs) It's like people voted most popularly elected president of all time. They voted for Biden in Virginia 
in the millions last year. So who Virginia wasn't racist then now it's shifted racist. What exactly changed? We've had Biden in charge the whole time and, and uh, Ralph Northam. And maybe that explains some of it. Maybe there that's it is. How <laughs> anyway, the argument gets even more confused though, because they're, they're going, for, they're simultaneously arguing um, that everybody in Virginia and across the country who, who voted uh, against democratic party interests is racist, but also they want more progressivism. So AOC says McAuliffe lost because he was way too moderate. Um, so I guess Virginia voters are racist, but they also want way more AOC style progressivism at the same time. And Nancy Pelosi says the same Democrats were uh, Nancy Pelosi made the case that Democrats were punished because they didn't get the big spending bills done. So now the Democrats have to get these big spending bills done. Do you think Democrats were penalized for having not gotten these things done? There's no question. If we, uh, the more results we can produce in a way that is, people understand in their lives, the better it is. Many Senate Democrats are also pointing to the losses as they push for passage of the bills. I think it's given us... Um, renewed vigor to get the things done that people need. Progressives say the party not only has to deliver results, but go big. Moderate holdout Joe Manchin remains the biggest hurdle. Manchin insists Tuesday's results were a warning to Democrats to hit the brakes on new spending and shift their focus to those rising prices. People are concerned. They're concerned about inflation. They're concerned about the debt. So when they vote against us, it's actually to teach us a lesson about how we need to do more of what we're doing and do it harder. That's <laughs> that's the Democrat Party argument. Uh, great. Go with that into 2022, I say. I'm fine with that. They didn't like that we didn't do all the things that we promised and they want us to do all that all that stuff. So they voted against us to send us a message that we better do the things that they voted against. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> They got it. Yeah. Good. Good job. All right. We're a little behind on time, so I'll leave it there. But we're going to get after the break. We'll get right back into it because Democrats insist we have nothing to learn from this from this election. We're going to carry on with our uh, agenda for giants out of control spending. And they already have over the weekend. We'll get into the infrastructure bill and some of the other stuff on the Did other you side get of the to break. Any uh, super chats from not YouTube? on YouTube, just okay. tippy stream. Um, Mojack 420 safe and effective you say but you can still catch it spread it and die from it even if jabbed it's safe they say researcher uh, blows the whistle on data data integrity issues in Pfizer's vaccine trial Hmm. is that new I don't know I don't know the reference is it a project Veritas video Uh, I'm also not sure I I wouldn't have even looked into it if that came out because it's just self-evident it's like well yeah this obviously isn't safe um let me know in the live chat. Uh, Daniel Kunkel, today when I went to work, notices were posted about the mandate and the need to get jabbed or tested weekly. This pure blood intends to remain such so. Hopefully the court stops the blatant overreach. Um, I hope so too, but we should all uh, give up on the hope that we're going to be protected even by the utmost government entities, the purest government entities. I think that even the Supreme Court is beyond saving at this point. So let's all just circle the wagon and assume that they're going to forcefully jab us or try to take our kids if they aren't vaccinated. I I feel pretty confident about the courts getting rid of this in words I am sure to eat later. But the question <laughs> is also, yeah. it's not just does it get struck down? The question is what happens to employers like that if it does? Do yeah. they go back or do they say, well, 
ah, we're already like halfway through implementing this policy. I was just. And how many people have already um, faced uh, vaccine side effects because they they were mandated or they were in the process of being mandated and anticipated that they were going to have to get it? Yeah. Um, So much of the damage is done. I mean, didn't we didn't we hear that that 98 percent of the military or something is is vaccinated at this point? I don't know what the stats on the military, are, but Uh, it's a lot. uh, The pressure to do this has already caused a lot of damage. Uh, Logan Orr. Yeah. Uh, plot twist, all the Matt and I once made love comments are real and from his wife. All the weird <laughs> gay butt sack stuff is from is from Yeah, Ping especially too. those. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie says, forcing my boyfriend to watch. He has no idea what's in store. Blonde, you look great. Thank you, Lizzie. I hope he's well, having a good time. I hope so. Thanks for checking out the show and all the best to both of you. Make it worth his while. Why would I say that? <laughs> and put Rami a ring and- on it, you son of a yeah. bitch. That's the theme <laughs> of this show. Uh, they're going to break up tonight. Uh, Rami M. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Thank you, sir. Robin D. Banks. Matt and I once made love in Veritas headquarters. He glowed in the dark as he burst through my back door, making a mess of the whole interior area. It was a successful raid overall. (laughs) Well, I hope James O'Keefe's experience went a little better than that. And then afterwards he sang Oklahoma. Uh, no, nobody. No, he was, was in a, a there, an actor production, like a canceled actor production of Oklahoma. There was an Oklahoma reference while you stepped out. What is this? What am I missing? Oh, really? Here? Um, I don't know. I can like James O'Keefe and still think that a musical theater is fucking gay. Right. Was he in theater? I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. You know, he's an, he's an actor. Sing, he sings and dances and yeah, I've never seen it. and seemingly still has sex with women. So I probably should. <laughs> move, let's move on. Uh, I like he's James very O'Keefe. litigious. James O'Keefe he he might come after us. <laughs> so litigious. Yeah. Um, Epic Ninja Fire. First time actually making it to a live show. Been watching you since ML Christensen days. So happy to finally see a live show in person. Aren't you still? It's still ML the Christensen? ML Christensen days. Maybe you mean the uh, the old days when I used like to not back go by. in the what was it called Omega well, era? Yeah, like I used to go by Skag Three, obviously, um, and the Skag, Skag nickname 3. still still lives, but. Uh, but yeah, back when I was making Call of Duty videos and stuff, that was not under my real name. So thank thank you for sticking around for a long time. Appreciate it. Um, das Pooch. Wow, a nominated movie made it for next week after a month of wild card. Might need to deactivate the option for a while. Otherwise, why bother nominating anything? Yes, I've been getting a lot of comments about these because I read the comments on the... Uh, I shouldn't even tell people that I do that. I read the comments on this show. I don't know why you guys are so abusive. Um, <laughs> but people are really mad about this wild card option. Well, I'm getting like were, dissertations about why it's wrong. And stuff. they were really mad about the former option because that gave too much power to one person. So yeah. I agree. There's no perfect system, but I actually really like the way that this is playing out. Me too. Part of, part of the problem with the part of the problem of what just happened is I accidentally went. I accidentally went a week too long with that list. It was supposed to be up for a refresh list a week earlier. So we had a list we had a list that was submitted before the wildcard option was introduced that went a week too long. So what does okay. that mean? It means that it was a list constructed without the nominator knowing that the list could be rejected that hung around a week too long because of my accident. So that okay. means that it's bound to once it gets rejected once the odds are pretty high that it's going to get rejected throughout. Yeah. Just by the um, nature of people's choices. And I want to defend this wildcard thing because the whole point of this segment is to expose Skag to common cultural movie references. So when there's a wildcard option, we draw it from the IMDb DB 
top 100 top rated it's top 250 i think yeah which by their very nature good or bad have cultural relevancy yeah it's audience score it's not like some critic it's not like it's it's what people have loved watching over the last there's movies from like the 40s in there it's it's a good long period of time so i agree that it keeps it keeps everything more aligned toward the toward the original purpose of the segment the mostly peaceful gun owner the juror may have gotten dismissed from the rittenhouse trial for making a joke but still has more of a spine than jacob blake although i i don't know is jacob still intact did that thing get fully severed danny montana no he's in a wheelchair isn't he i know he's paralyzed from the waist down but i don't know uh what the state of his spine is it's not good whatever it is point taken do you have peacock Uh, the network peacock no i don't know what that is oh okay if everybody has to watch dr death maybe i can get skag to watch it uh speaking of spinal surgeries it has alec baldwin in it and it's a little sad in light of new alec baldwin events but um you got to watch it can i convince you to watch anything else or is the one i'm short on time it's like i don't have a ton of time for why it's not like you have a a new baby or something (laughs) uh last one for right now danny montana i'm going to have to thank you blonde for my new sword and scale addiction met Mm. with some family and i was told i'm a bad person for not getting jabbed and that i should thank them because they got jabbed time for new family i think that's easier said than done i guess but uh but yeah that that's cool they um he's making a good show over at sword and scale so glad that you've uh found some enjoyment and i hope your family uh well i hope they come around i hope they treat you nicely it uh, is, but a, he thinks that Rodney Reed is innocent, who, and he's clearly fucking guilty. So. Uh, which story was that? Um, I'll send you the episode. Hmm. I listened to it a few weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that. Is it a recent episode or an old one? No, it's like way back. But in the hmm. 90s, he abducted, raped, and murdered a 19-year-old. He's on death row, I believe, but his DNA matched semen inside the girl's body. Hmm. So, you know, fucking case closed, right? <laughs> I don't know. I could believe anything's a hoax these days. There's probably a way to explain it. <laughs> Phil says uh, over on Tippy Stream, just a couple here. We'll get back into the news. Oh, I, I knuckle hunky buck is actually up next. Uh, I wonder if Ed Durr is in any way related to Nick. <clears throat> Gurr. I don't know. Very close last names, though. Phil says recent numbers got out of Denmark. Uh, recent numbers out of Denmark show that non-Western immigrants cost the government around $5 billion a year. Thankfully, there are Danes with their eyes open. If only we had some kind of perspective here, uh, had the same kind of perspective here. <laughs> these, I'm just going to say these open border <laughs> policies are not worth the cost. I, that, I don't know. That's a, I'm there's a slur in there. I don't know if I can say that's <laughs> a creative one though. Phil says, um, while Aaron Rodgers seems to have a good perspective on COVID, don't forget he was on board with throwing Gruden under the bus the other week. We have to stop worshiping celebrities even when they agree with us. I didn't know that he supported that. Of course, I'm inclined to hate Aaron Rodgers anyway, but as coronavirus and the, uh, the, the, all the policies around it have made strange alliances from, you know, rednecks and black lives matter to, in my case, me and Aaron Rodgers, because I've at least appreciated some of the things that he's saying publicly, um, is an NFL quarterback who didn't get vaccinated and had to yeah. sit out and has been talking shit about vaccine policy for a little bit. Uh, but I didn't see that he said that about John Gruden. I have no idea what he said. That's kind of disappointing if he did, but I'll have to check it out. Phil said, did women actually have sympathy for joggers? Or do women actually have sympathy for joggers? Or is it just another shit test? 
<laughs> I have to be careful. Uh, <sighs> frankly, if we are aggressively defending our land, these problems would be sorted out already. The McMichaels did nothing wrong. Well, uh, I, it's, I've been so far removed from that case. I need to go back and reacquaint myself, myself with the exact facts. I do remember getting some shit for uh, thinking that they probably went a little too hard. Well, if again, if I understand the laws about citizens arrest in Georgia, don't you have to witness the crime in progress yourself? Right. Yeah. That being said, it's obvious he wasn't just running around. He was. Yeah. yeah, He was stealing from construction sites, etc. And he did um, instigate a physical altercation with them, which led to the shooting. And he had a past of. Uh, all sorts of uh, all sorts of uh, interactions with the police that were not particularly kind on his part either. Not that they that means that this that, one, though. not that that means this one was justified. But you do have a couple questions. You have a legal question there, and you have a moral question. And I I think that the legal case, as far as I understand it, for the McMichaels is going to be really tough. Does that mean that Ahmad Arbery was doing nothing wrong, as presented in the media, that he was just checking out? Remember we had all these discussions at the time. Yes. Like, and everybody was writing me emails like, oh, I always go into um, unoccupied construction sites just to see what they're doing. What, what the fuck are you guys talking yeah, about? That's I think so that's weird. weird. If you if you just walk into other people's property under construction just to check it out, I think that's weird. Yeah. But it's not just that that um, he was doing that. There was all sorts of thefts happening of, mm-hmm. of tools and other things at the time, too. So it's a very complicated case. And we shall we shall watch it develop. All right. Uh, over on I did open the treasure chest on D live. Um, and thank you guys for hanging out over there. C2K says regarding uh, rifles. I know I'm getting I know what I'm getting you for Christmas now. Well, you can never have too many rifles. I appreciate that. Uh, and let's see. I think I think we're good over on D live. Thank you guys for hanging out there. And we will come back to chat later in the show. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Where did I leave off? Oh, I left off on the infrastructure bill. So just when I was saying that the Democratic agenda is going to take some steps back, and it probably will, uh, the the bipartisan, as it's being described, the bipartisan infrastructure bill passed the House uh, late Friday because, of course, Nancy says that all you guys clearly want Democrats to deliver these big spending bills. That was the lesson of Tuesday's elections. Um. And so the House passed this trillion dollar plus uh, infrastructure bill again late Friday night. The bill was already passed by the Senate in August. So now it's going to head it's going to head to Biden's desk for signing. There's every reason to believe that he will do that. The House, the House vote was 228 to 206. 13 Republicans joined Democrats. Six Democrats voted against it. The bill had been held up by progressives who demanded the passage of the larger Build Back Better Act, which includes all sorts of additional social spending and a climate plan and all that noise. Progressives reportedly now have assurances from centrists that they will support this larger build back better act package. But of course that package's fate in the Senate remains to be seen. Chuck Schumer has set a Thanksgiving target to try to get this bill passed in the Senate. I think the, the likelihood that that thing gets passed in anything close to its current form, highly unlikely it's going to get whittled down uh, and potentially not ever make it through the Senate at all. But a general breakdown of this infrastructure bill that that passed uh, on Friday night, $550 billion for transportation projects, the utility grid and broadband. So, hey, at least you get sweet Internet out of the deal. 
110 billion dollars for roads bridges and other major products and 66 billion dollars for passenger and freight rail plus 39 uh, 39 billion dollars for public transit and maybe you're one of those people that joe manchin was talking about in the prior segment maybe you've noticed rising grocery costs or rising energy costs or the rising cost of living generally and maybe you're thinking hey maybe all this government funny money uh, isn't really going to help me maybe it's going to decrease my purchasing power Maybe it's going to make things worse for me. Well, um, the truth, of course, is they laugh at you if you hold that perspective. And we used to have to say, well, they laugh at you metaphorically or they laugh at you behind closed doors. In the case of um, Joe Biden's energy secretary, um, they laugh at you openly on broadcast media. So Jennifer Gramholm is the energy secretary. She's the former missioner governor, and she's on Bloomberg TV this week. And she was asked about her plan to address rising gas prices And she just laughed out loud and said, that's hilarious. In Sturgis, Michigan, it is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this. As you know, of course, uh, oil is a global market. It is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC. And they made a decision yesterday that they were not going to increase beyond what they were already planning. Yikes. Brazen. Wow. She have to be so menacing? That seemed <laughs> genuine. Ugh. I, it is a genuine laugh. I got the great uh, still frame on the screen right now, and it looks pretty legit. She actually finds it funny. Tell now, me about the pipelines, though. Come on, Biden. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, of, of course it is true that OPEC has a lot of control over oil production and, and in turn oil price. But yeah, um, think way back to January, the inauguration of the most popular president of all time. What were some of his first initial actions? Keystone XL canceled. Um, off- new offshore drilling leases Uh, blocked temporarily in june they suspended oil leases in the arctic uh, national wildlife refuge and then uh, so that's just on the production side of course when you when you keep operating with this government funny money can solve all problems philosophy oil like all other goods and services also falls victim to just general inflation so all of these factors together even if opec is a uh, nefarious force and they're not operating in our interest uh, there are actions that we can take to try to minimize that. And if OPEC is so bad, why is your answer to <laughs> minimize our own independence and give them more control? Right. But I guess I don't get it because I don't get the joke either. I don't understand why it's so funny to say, hey, uh, I used to be able to get gas for a lot cheaper. Well, I think it was Jack Posobiec or someone was observing in the Kyle Rittenhouse footage gas prices at the time because there are some <laughs> signs in there. This isn't was that long like- ago. 225 or something yeah it's like low twos i think and this is a year and change ago they act so. like people aren't going to notice or it's it's just so it's just so disparate uh the life of these of these wealthy biden administrators like when jen Psaki laughed audibly at the the great uh what did she say treadmill shortage of 2021 oh, yeah. It's like, That's what right. an out of touch bitch. And they just laugh in your face because your problems are not their problems. They don't give yeah. a shit about, about and you. And that's what exactly what it seems like she's doing right here. But, uh, well, um, catch me up on what happened with the Durham investigation because we have, this is the second arrest in the Durham probe or is it third? There might've been a third. I can't remember, but 
Yeah. This is, uh, you have the arrest of this um, Russian analyst who worked on the famous Pissgate dossier. Oh, What's I know. This, what is this? 2021. This harkens back to one of two on air fights that we've ever had where I was anticipating that there was going to be some public out, outcry and subsequent government intervention involving the steel dossier. And you told me not to get my hopes up and I still have faith in the system. And then I wow, like, how times have changed. What a, what a bizarre scenario. Well, what, what, this was what? 20, 2017? I can't remember. Yeah. It's it got 2017. I mean, and now something's happening and nobody gives a fuck. I didn't even read about this until you put it in the show notes. You didn't hear about I, this I this week? Wow. No, I hadn't even heard about it. Um, hmm. I, I haven't been super plugged into the news this week, but it's like, yeah. do people care that this is going on? So anyway, federal authorities arrested uh, this dude in the Steele dossier, if everybody remembers that. It's uh, Donald Trump's campaign colluding with the Russian government and then the Pissgate stuff, all of that. Uh, this U.S.-based Russian analyst, Igor Dinchenko. Um, Which it is Igor, like young Frankenstein. And now I know that reference, Igor, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's the primary researcher for the Steele dossier. He was arrested on Thursday on five counts of lying to the FBI. Um, and for people that didn't know, this development comes as part of a special counsel, John Durham's probe into the origins of the Trump-Russia collusion investigation, which uh, he was appointed last year by special counsel uh, by Trump. Um, I, I had totally forgotten that this that this was happening without news updates. Were you still clued into this? Well, it's been so drug out because we were supposed to get there was speculation that we were going to get the final report from the Durham investigation in September of last year, like before the election. That's and right. So yeah. uh, I, I don't know how to interpret this. Does this mean that they're finding all sorts of things and they need extra time to try to get all the people who may have committed crimes? Does this mean maybe it's not they don't have the resources that they need? What do you make of the of this investigation being uh, of this investigation dragging on for much longer than it was expected? I don't know. To? I, I assume it's a resource issue i suppose they can't uh just produce evidence and indictments in accordance with the public's level of outrage like their current level of outrage but it yeah. does really do a disservice for people when they when they come at it so late when i read this i was like it is november 2021 anyway yeah. so the indictment claims danchenko misled the fbi by denying a relationship with a public relations executive and longtime democratic operative and supporter of Trump's 2016 opponent, opponent Hillary Clinton, when he had, in fact, anonymously sourced one of his allegations to that person. So, wait, wait. so let's back up a second, because a Russian. Ass, well, he's I, not, I guess maybe he's not an <laughs> asset of the Russian government, but a Russian national, at least. Yeah. Is doing political dirt digging on behalf of whom? Hillary Clinton and Democrats. So a Russian national trying to influence the U.S. election and doing it with lies in the dossier yeah. and also lying to U.S. officials about his relationships with those uh, members of the party. In other words, I know it's cliche to say, but yeah, they were doing exactly what they accused other people of doing yeah. the whole time. Cry, cry out as they strike you. Um, and he also was accused of fabricating details of a phone conversation with someone who he said had described a well-developed conspiracy of cooperation between the Trump campaign and Russia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's exactly what uh, Trump was accused of. Yeah. Yeah. They. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So we will, we will keep an eye on that. Um, he has what, like five, five charges against him, something like that. Five individual five lies. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see if any more comes out of the uh, Durham investigation, which is ongoing. 
And of course, we mentioned at the top of the show, the FBI doesn't have any time to vet things like the dossier. One might say they put those to political purposes instead of, I don't know, truth seeking purposes. They do have time to really protect this very sacred diary of Ashley Biden. Which, oh, it sucks. I uh, It sucks for her. I have a lot of feelings about this. Uh, I really I don't because I don't think it was mishandled. But what what happened here? So National File, this was last year. And were you um, privy to the story when, when it was going on last year? It kind of flew under the radar because uh, Project Veritas did not publish the do- or the dossier. They did not publish the diary for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, but National File uh, published the entirety of the diary, according to this article, um, in which she revealed she had inappropriate showers with her father And then this week, ostensibly, the diary has been confirmed as real because of these FBI raids. That's the only confirmation. We can we can assume that they are confirmed as real. Otherwise, why would the FBI give a shit about any of this? Unless it's a total pretext to go after James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, which it could be. But yeah. okay. so so what else? So the entries in the diary include um, include Ashley revealing that she believes she was sexually molested as a child and shared probably not appropriate showers with her father. Some that detail the author's struggle with drug abuse and her crumbling marriage with multiple affairs. Entries showing the family's fears of a potential scandal due to her brother's new home and those that show a deep resentment for her father due to his money, control and emotional manipulation. Um, So the media generally ignored these revelations but the new york times on friday reported that the fbi engaged in two raids on addresses as part of an investigation into how the diary was obtained thereby verifying that the diary is real now when project veritas was given this last year i believe they were like we're not publishing this shit and they tried to get it back to her through her attorneys and her attorneys which i think this was pretty smart they were like we don't want that. We don't know what that is. Yeah. And so now I'm sure Ashley Biden is like, shut up, guys. Like, we already were like, no, this isn't this isn't verified. But by virtue of um, of this raid, I I think it is. Yeah. We also have James O'Keefe's commentary. He posted uh, on Friday. So I think he posted he posted this video before he was actually searched. But the searches of current and former Project Veritas Uh, associates were ongoing and James O'Keefe had this to say about what's happening. I woke to the news that apartments and homes of Project Veritas journalists had been raided by FBI agents. Within an hour of one of our reporters' homes being secretly raided by the FBI, the New York Times, who we are currently suing for defamation, contacted the Project Veritas reporter to ask for comment. We do not know how the New York Times was aware of the execution of a search warrant at our reporters' home or the subject matter of the search warrant, as a grand jury investigation is secret. Late last year, we were approached by tipsters claiming they had a copy of Ashley Biden's diary. The tipsters indicated the diary had been abandoned in a room in which Ms. Biden stayed at the time. The tipsters indicated that the diary included explosive allegations against then-candidate Joe Biden. At the end of the day, we made the ethical decision that because, in part, we could not determine if the diary was real, we could not publish the diary in any part thereof. We attempted to return the diary to an attorney representing Ms. Biden, but that attorney refused to authenticate it. Now, Ms. Biden's father's Department of Justice, specifically the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, appears to be investigating the situation, claiming the diary was stolen 
We don't know if it was, but it begs the question, in what world is the alleged theft of a diary investigated by the president's FBI and his Department of Justice? Yeah. Correctly using begs the question, it seems. Um, <laughs> good for him. Props to James. Yeah, we are always confused about that one. Uh, this seems like a setup to me. Well, there's a lot of a lot of questions to ask. Uh, as, as he mentioned there, number one, how the hell did the New York Times know? It seems this isn't quite as bad as CNN having prepped cameras for the raid on Roger Stone's house. Yeah, but it's within, fishy, an, though. Yeah. within an hour, knowing about a search that was supposed to be pursuant to something that's secret. How did the New York Times know? Um, as you mentioned, the, the investigation here does imply that the diary is real and that the timing gets weird because I could see how this would be perceived as really damaging uh, campaign material. But now I don't but, think that anybody that, that likes Biden is going to care about this. Yeah. It's like uh, the timing of this is all very weird. Um, so if the diary is real, why would you wait for a year to go and try to recover it? Um, and if it is all about the diary, it's just kind of a weird play because I haven't heard anything about this diary for a year. And I barely heard anything about it last year at this time. Cause everyone, nobody could really confirm it. So it was just kind of out there on the internet of like, it's, it's just handwriting. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not by going out and, and doing this search. You, you bring it back to public prominence and you all but confirm its authenticity, which seems really self-defeating right. politically. Um, and then the sexual that, assault allegations are completely nebulous and impossible to, to substantiate. She's like, I remember having weird feelings of being sexually exploited when I was a child and it, the name Carolyn comes to mind or something. It's like it's huh. not like this happened and this happened and this happened. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's totally like could be a, fa a, a figment of your imagination kind of allegation. This is total uh speculation so take it with a grain of salt but let's say that for some reason they did want to go after project veritas for some political reason this might be a pretext to do that maybe that's why yeah. you you just you i don't like you this. know yeah you know that you can make some claim based on this diary so if you want to get james o'keefe and, and veritas maybe you use that knowing that it's going to cause minimal political damage to the biden family but maybe you see some reward on the other side of that so that's why you use this the the other thing i'll note makes me very curious it's about it's actually about the diary uh national file as you mentioned they're the ones who published this last year before the election well, who the hell are these people do you know anything it's, about national file i don't know much about them they're just kind of like an alt media reporting site so uh, i don't i can't speak to the quality of their reporting or the quality of i i just don't know i don't read it but I do know that they put this out there a year ago. And as far as I can see in the New York times reporting or in any of the, the, the reasons that they're going after James O'Keefe national file does not appear to be targeted by the FBI right, or right. by the New York times or anybody this seems to be about James O'Keefe. Yeah. So what, like if it was just about the diary, how is national file not implicated? They're the ones who put it out there publicly. James O'Keefe didn't. And I know, I know you feel some sympathy for Ashley Biden or, you know, anybody who might have their public uh, laundry yeah. just tossed out there. I get that. They wouldn't but, give a shit about protecting Ivanka, though. So I don't really care that much. Well, no, I yeah, I, I don't think they would. Um, but uh, but the, the question of why they didn't go after national file is is very bizarre here and, and needs yeah. to be answered. Um, 
And and I don't think we're going to get an answer on that. Um, and Live it, oh, chat and as far is as, telling me that he used beg the question incorrectly. Oh, did he? Well, it's, oh, it's, it's never correct. It's always incorrect. But but as far as um, whether uh, Ashley Biden was wrong to you or not, I don't see a way in which unless James O'Keefe is hiding something, I don't see anything he did wrong. wrong. Someone approached right. him with what he was told was relevant political information at the time. And he evaluated it and determined that he couldn't authenticate it. So they made the decision not to publish it. And then he tried to give it back. I don't see unless he's concealing something. I don't see what he did wrong there, let alone criminal. No, that probably happens to him all the time. Hmm. Uh, This seems like a setup to me. Otherwise, they'd be going after national file, although maybe that is going to come later. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, In the meantime, I did want to update on just a couple other Biden scandals uh, we mentioned this before, but I just I want to keep this in people's memory because it's going to disappear. Remember back at the end of September, the big scandal for a week or maybe two was whether border agents whipped illegal immigrants at the border, even what though they don't carry that? whips. Joe Biden said whoever did it was going to pay. And DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said uh, a thorough investigation would be completed within days. That's what he said at the time, at the end of September. We're now six months, uh, six weeks rather, uh, removed. And DHS still has not released the results of any investigation, nor have they provided any status updates, presumably because there is nothing to report and all of this outrage was based on a hoax. And you'll recall that DHS agents as a group, border agents as a group, were smeared throughout all of this. They were racist. They were, they were brutal. All of these, I'm not going to hold my breath about whether they get a personal apology and a correction of the record. If DHS is not prepared to release an investigation that, that justifies why they were smeared, but that's probably not going to happen. And this was just outrageous. Uh, Also recall that we droned a family the whole family as we left Afghanistan right, yeah. at the end of August. I only laugh because of how absurd this headline is. Watchdog finds no misconduct in mistaken Afghan airstrike. Oh, I can't believe it. So how is that possible that they already censured the people involved and they came out with a statement talking about their own responsibility? Well, now a watchdog has looked into it. And by watchdog, you mean someone who's also within the defense department, but just didn't really have anything to do with that specific incident or Afghanistan. Recall. Back at the end of August, first it was claimed by the U.S. government that we took out a car full of suicide bombers who were headed straight to the airport. Then it turned out that it was something like 11 members of the same family, mostly kids. Oh, yeah. A, f- a few been, kids under five, too. There's now been an independent Pentagon review of that disaster. And as I mentioned, independent review refers to Air Force Lieutenant General Sami Saeed. I'm not sure... Um, how independent and a review coming from the air force, which is of course part of the defense department could be, but they're saying it's independent because he had no direct connection to the Afghan, to the Afghanistan operations. So Lieutenant general Saeed says no harm, no foul, no misconduct identified uh, quote. I found that given the information they had the people who conducted this and the analysis that they did, I understand they reached the wrong conclusion, but was it reasonable to conclude what they concluded based on what they had? It was what? not unreasonable. It just turned out to be incorrect. He continued. That's a mistake. It's a regrettable mistake. It's an honest mistake. I understand the consequences, but it's not criminal conduct, random conduct or negligence. 
How is it not negligent? That's uh, that's what I'm baffled to read. So if it's not misconduct and it's not negligence, what else is there? Like acceptable conduct? <laughs> it's not. So it wasn't intentional bad action and it wasn't a mistake. It was what standard operating procedure. What's left? Yeah, yeah. What's left out of that? And just just a reminder. Um, this is the sort of accountability that you get when you centralize government power, which is none. They investigate and they clear themselves and suddenly blowing up kids is no harm, no foul. And maybe you find comfort in the fact that the kids are way over there on the other side of the world in some desert land. You keep going down this pathway, giving them more and more power and expecting them to them to hold themselves accountable. It's not a long time until your kids are falling victim to similar incidents and yeah. uh, you get the same justice that this family in Afghanistan got, which is zero, none. Good luck. Ugh. Terrible. Well, uh, I do have a hoax hate case or two before we get to the movie review. Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? No swastika in this one, but we do have a, uh, a fine piece of swastika art momentarily. But in Connersville, Indiana, between Indianapolis and Cincinnati, the lone black member of the city council and his wife say their home was lit on fire while they were gone on vacation. And someone spray painted the N word on their back porch. Neighbor Karen called me at 3.38 in the morning and said my house was on fire. The Williams family was asleep on vacation when Emma got that call Friday morning. I immediately started screaming, call 911, call 911. Two of the Williams family pets died in the fire. We lost our beloved lab, Roxy, which the neighborhood loved, and a cat. Possibly the most disturbing part, a racial slur was found spray painted on the back patio. The FBI has now taken over the investigation. I have absolutely nobody I would ever suspect. Even though she doesn't know who's responsible, she says she's already forgiven them. I can't be angry with them. She says her response to this cannot be hate, and she hopes her family and her town won't respond like that either. Forgiveness is the best option. But this act meant to divide is uniting instead. I am absolutely certain this is bringing everybody closer. A fundraiser to help the family pay for there restorations to their house has raised more than $25,000 in less than a day. Now the Williams family will begin to restore their home. It's a disaster, it's a mess, but it's not destroyed. So they said we can fix all of that. And if you would like to donate to the help the Williams family, we have a link on how to do so for their GoFundMe on our website. So how, what is the, okay, what is this family situation? This white chick married a white dude and had a white son. They're a, a biracial family, black father, white wife. And then they got married and they had two mixed race kids. Oh, actually, I don't know. I don't know what the deal with the kids is. W what's up with the white kid? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he just got some more of mom in the mix. I, I actually don't know. I don't know what the situation with Maybe the she is. was married to a white guy and then she banged that black dude and then had that mixed race kid and then got <laughs> married to the black dude and then had a second mixed race kid. I don't know. Um, I did want to point out about the news piece there. I, I love that they say, well, the house was nearly burned down and their pets died. But perhaps the most disturbing part, someone wrote the end on the it's sidewalk. Like, out front. The dog died, though. That's not that. That's the least disturbing part. Mm -hmm. And I want to be very careful here because 
I'm not saying that all of the, that they killed their pets for the hoax. I, I'm going to stop short I of am. that. However, they killed their pets for the hoax. However, it, it wouldn't be the first time. There was a case in Michigan that we talked about where a transgender and gay rights activist burned down her own house, oh. two dogs and three cats. Oh, okay. she killed them all. And she was charged with arson. So it's not as though such a thing is is unprecedented. It Um, does make hoax hate seem more believable. You know what makes me not believe this at all? The fact that she's like, I forgive this person. It's always Uh -uh. the go to. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way you I would be so fucking pissed off if somebody burned my house down and killed my pets. Well, (laughs) killed one of my dogs and the other one I like. Ah. But, you know, uh, that's not the natural reaction for something like this. Yeah. Fight, uh, if you're curious love. about the Give GoFundMe, me Here's my GoFundMe, they've now cleared over $41,000 in the last week. Whatever. Doesn't and insurance cover this shit? I, I don't know what their uh, home insurance situation is. Uh, I would assume that if if it was uh, some sort of incidental fire or intentionally set, that there's got to be some insurance coverage for that, but I don't know. Uh, also, the obvious, if this was genuine hate-inspired arson... Again, a criminal who's just nice enough to wait until they're on vacation. But even that brings in more questions. Okay, so you're on vacation. Nobody's home. This fire starts. Who's taking care of the pets? Is there a house sitter? Is there somebody coming to visit? That that uh, neighborhood lesbian is taking care of the pets. Is she the one? Someone had to be taking care of the pets. So that's probably part of the of the um, the answer here. There was another piece of coverage on this story. That said the fire investigators have determined that the fire started in the front bedroom, which as far as I, I understand the layout of the house, the front bedroom would be opposite of the, 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 the racial spray painting, which was done at the back porch of the house. Mm. Um, the, the investigators have not identified a suspect or even as far as I've seen said that it was a deliberately set fire, but they are saying they're investigating it as arson, which of course implies intent. Intent, right. Now here's my speculation. You tell me if you agree. I'm going to stop short of saying that they intentionally killed their pets for the hoax because that's oh they did you got to be totally insane. However, definitely could believe a house fire happened while you're on vacation, unfortunate, and you get back to the scene and you think, let's add a few bucks to this. Oh man, it was racist. Someone wrote the N word. I could totally see that happening. Like fires legit, but they just spiced it up. But then the fire would have had to happen. So close to them coming back from the vacation. Well, I assume they probably, as soon as they got word of this, they came straight back home if their house was burning. Yeah, but wouldn't a police already have been on site investigating it as soon as they saw a house burning ah, down? They they aren't like, oh, would, you're right. Before would we be go whole... there, let's make to sure that make sure that the family member's not there. Although, I have a better theory. Uh-uh. According to the story, uh, the only thing I'll say, according to the story, the neighbor called them. I don't know if the neighbor called. I, I guess the neighbor probably would have called 911. That is the sense. The Dyke neighbor? So, so maybe there's a hole in my theory. You're right. Mm. Okay. So illegitimate mixed race son number one goes to lesbian <laughs> neighbor and is like, yo, do you want to make a few bucks, Mrs. Dyke? And she's like, yes, Mr. Mixed Race illegitimate son. And so they collude okay. together to set the fire. He spray paints. He throws her a few bucks and says it's for the cause. And then everybody lies. I don't know. I I, I don't know what we're looking at here, but I don't think it's super racist man tries to burn down house and spray paints N word in the back of it. Do you know who I bet was uninvolved? The black husband. I bet he had nothing to do with this. He also had an interview 
and I, I did listen to that and he said much the same thing. Well, the first thing I did was teach my sons to have no hatred for the people who did this. No, <laughs> oh, maybe he is guilty. I don't know. It, it, it was a lot of virtue signaling in there. This seems and, a lot like a, a white woman trying to validate her uh, marriage. I don't know. I don't know what the state of the family is. I just know I don't buy this story. Haven't at we face seen value. this dynamic before? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I suppose we have seen iterations of it before. I don't know what what the breakdown is and whether this is statistically yeah. disproportionate or statistically common or statistically expected, I suppose I should say. Anyway, we'll see what happens in that case. I have no, we one, won't. We never find yeah, out what true. happens. Well, just like every other case, we'll never learn what the hell happened in this case, but there will be a large payout regardless. <laughs> I just wanted to also comment very quickly this one certainly could be real. I have no idea. I just wanted to spotlight the incredible graffiti. Chula Vista, California, this is south of San Diego. Officials at Bonita Vista Middle School and Bonita Vista High School are investigating spray painted anti-Semitic and homophobic messages uh, spray painted on some doors uh, <laughs> and walls at the school. Anyway, here's the image. Uh, <laughs> I thought it said Mick Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> It's a McDonald's Third Reich mashup. Yeah. Yeah. Mick Hitler against Mis Jews. Mr. <laughs> Hitler uh, says no to Jews or crosses out the Jews. And <laughs> no the, the swastika is not at the right angle, but it is at the right orientation. So, all right, maybe not that far off. But if you zoom in, it's hard to read at this resolution, but that's the physics room. So I was wondering, I mean, if this is legit, are they calling the physics teacher Mr. Hitler? And saying he doesn't like Jews. Is that the intended messaging here? Because hmm. if so, Who's that's not really. Who's the physics teacher? I don't know. We could look is it up. Is his we name could... Mr. Finkelstein? And does he have a GoFundMe? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The damage is estimated to be around $1,600 uh, at the high school. And $1,200 at the middle school. Something like that. There were multiple sites vandalized. This is just the one picture. Get one I... bucket of paint. This is a $5 <laughs> vandalism. Well, anyway, Mr. Hitler says no to Jews. That's a that's a <laughs> that, the reason I think it's about the teacher. Why else would it say Mr. Hitler? Are you just very polite <laughs> when referring to him? Wasn't it, there one at Columbia that was like this? Um, and it was clearly like it was like the Israeli studies professor. And somebody wrote something hilarious all over her office. Like, get out, Hebe. Do you remember that? I do remember that one. Yeah, That was a good one, too. I bet it's something like that. This one's way more polite. Yeah. Mr. Anyway, Hitler. all right. It's time to talk movie review. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. <laughs> well, this week's movie is the 1999 Brad Pitt and Edward Norton classic Fight Club, uh. in which a disillusioned insomniac automotive recall specialist searches for meaning and excitement in life and finds it in a new reckless friend with whom he forms an underground fighting operation <sighs> turned crime ring, crime ring, only to discover that insane friend has been him the whole time. It's a split of his personality oh, that he aspires to be. This was yet another random IMDb top rated selection after the audience voted for wild card, which as I mentioned, but I want to say again, um, actually should not have happened and was my mistake. I let the last list hang on a week too long 
on accident. So uh, movie you nominator. You son for, of a bitch. I didn't have to watch this. <sighs> no, it turns out that that was actually a mistake of mine, but it's a movie that I should see eventually anyway. But I do owe movie nominator Whiskey Noodle an apology because he provided the movies for November. And of course, now to get the ship back on uh, on course, his movie nominations are only going to have three weeks of eligibility before we refresh. That is my fault, but I appreciate him being a good sport about it. And I will pay attention to the scheduling. What would this show be if not for uh, a little bit of duct tape and a mistake here and there? <laughs> and if the Pentagon can blow up a half dozen kids and call it a mistake, I can call not managing our movie schedule correctly a mistake. So thank you to Whiskey Noodle. And as always, uh, your thoughts and your rating. We kind of know what you think, but I'll be curious about Ugh. the detail. Okay, I'll start with my rating. And this is only because Brad Pitt is so hot. Two out of five wikis. Okay. Brad Pitt. Cream of the crop, that guy. Um, So I guess this is a commentary on nihilism or how without a moral framework, men devolve into their baser instincts. Or perhaps this is a commentary on an emasculated society and then men are reduced to their shitty, terrible, menial jobs and their mundane lives. And the only way that they can get out of that is just to beat each other to a pulp or something. They have to resurrect their manliness. I I don't know. What I did know was that this is, this movie is smug garbage. Hmm. It's the viewers left to intellectualize um, the intention of the film. And then if the viewer doesn't do that, then all they have to relate to is this really grotesque violence. Really grotesque violence, which, you know, I'm kind of into, but I was like, this is kind of a lot. And this is supposed supposedly an overture to true manliness. Is, is that mm. what this is supposed to be about? So my nature does make me hate movies that have a cult following when, if their reception wasn't super good to begin with. Um, however, I think I would have hated this movie regardless of the reception of the film. I hope that when I would did you have. first see it. I saw it like 10 to 15 years ago and I was like, I fucking hate this movie. And then I saw and it you, today and I, I and was like, I watched it for the, I rewatched it. Okay. For, I so always you gave do. it a second I chance. Do. I did. Right. Um, but somehow it managed to be smug, incoherent and base primal at the same time. And in that way, I suppose the film was a great success. I think that women, uh, generally are going to hate this movie they they don't really get it um but i think this is kind of like a uh, a movie that a a dumb person that wants to act like they know stuff about film is like oh fucking fight club and american history x and blah, 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 blah. but really you don't know shit about film this movie sucked and i like david fincher i've liked a lot i loved zodiac i've liked several of his films but this was just hot garbage and i hated it two out of five wikis except for brad pitt who's <laughs> very hot all right well um we have some similar thoughts and i really i knew that you weren't a big fan of this movie and so i went into it knowing that and i didn't want that to pollute my perspective on it and i really wanted to give it a fair a fair shake and by the end of it and throughout it about halfway through i kind of realized that i was not really enjoying this movie for a few reasons um you mentioned and i'll get into degenerate and nihilist themes the gratuitous violence, not really my thing. Even some of the jokes were kind of funny, but it's like, all right, I get it. Bob has huge chick tits. Like I've seen enough of that. I just wasn't really enjoying it. And by the end of it, I, I didn't have a lot of enjoyment either. However, I couldn't stop thinking about it 
uh, for hours and even days later, which has to be the mark of, of some sort of redeeming quality. So I did appreciate that. Well, the, the cool thing is, and the, the good thing is I got the benefit of watching this, having no knowledge of the twist. I, you I didn't did stop not... thinking about the cartel violence video you watched for like three years. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But this was for intellectual reasons, not just the images that I saw. But the one thing the movie and the twist that that Tyler and the narrator are the same person, it does force you to go back and evaluate all the scenes you've seen prior and figure out if they make sense. And for the most part, they do. Not all of them. And that's part of my beef. But I will give credit for making a movie that forces you to think about it later and and actually invites you to rewatch it in light of the new information that it gives you. I, I think that's kind of cool. I did think that a lot of the themes of morality and freedom were very interesting. And the idea uh, th- this movie is about uh, a man's thirst for for pure liberty to be totally unrestrained, even by yeah. moral constructs itself. But when he has no moral construct, he ironically becomes a slave to his own appetites. And vices, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's the point. Uh, yeah, well, it, it, it's it's a demonstration that pure liberty, pure liberty unrestrained by a moral structure is not actually freedom, or at least the sort of freedom that you want. And I, I thought it had a lot of interesting themes uh, on that front, things to think about. Um, you, you do need a moral core uh, to, to restrict your liberty and help you achieve the freedom that you want and not be not be a slave to your personal appetites or your personal whims in the way that the narrator was right i had to make the obligatory joke about better gun discipline than the rust scene when he had the, hey the movie kind of really started to lose me once fight club moved away from a consensual arrangement between people who wanted mutual combat and just started victimizing people and committing crimes and probably the most uh significant scene was the holdup of that asian uh convenience store clerk and they say, you're going to go become a vet or I'm going to hunt you down and, and kill you, Tyler says. And then he tosses the the revolver to the narrator and there's nothing in the revolver. So you know, if, if only Alec would have heeded. If such, only. Right. If only Alec would have been as responsible as Tyler Durden. Things I didn't like. I, I can't figure out if this movie is trying to teach you lessons or not. But the nihilist and degenerate themes just got to me. And, and the general message insofar as there is one to me was... Hey, look, the world is purposeless. Uh, the world has no purpose. It's purposelessness. No, it's the world is purposeless. Can I speak? We're past. We're at two hours. Let's try again. The world is purposeless. So build chaos. And and I just fundamentally disagree with that approach or that philosophy. If the world is purposeless, uh, build something, build order. Right. And instead, they go down this pathway of just thinking everything has no moral meaning or no purpose. So we can do whatever the hell we want. All it does is lead to suffering for everybody involved. And so maybe that's the point. Maybe the movie's trying to warn you, but it, it seems to glorify a lot of this stuff, um, especially as, as in terms of how the movie ends, which I'll get to in a moment. But the twist, as I mentioned earlier, the twist didn't make a lot of sense to me because, um, or at least it didn't make full sense. Like I said, you go back and you evaluate if all the scenes prior still hold up. If Tyler and the narrator are the same person, they kind of do, except for the origin of Fight Club itself. To me, that really bothered me because the whole origin of Fight Club is Tyler and the narrator fighting each other. And then a couple guys approach and say, hey, that looks cool. Can we join in? Would yeah, that if he was happen? just kicking his own ass. And yeah, it, it, maybe they think, wow, that guy's like a lunatic. Let's go talk to him. No, that is a major plot hole. I don't know it why just, that didn't occur to me. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And 
it, I don't think you would go talk to that person and want to participate with him, let alone accept his leadership if he's just beating right. his own ass behind a bar. That bugged me. And then the ending, the ending made no sense to me either because I was expecting a suicide that was going to end them both. But then it's this shot through the cheek that somehow blows Tyler's head up, but not the narrator, at least lethally. And mm. I don't understand why Tyler gets a lethal wound, but the narrator survives. And it seems implicitly to me that the, the, the shot is more symbolic of the narrator achieving a mental command of Tyler. Like just before that, he took the gun from Tyler by establishing mental command over him. But if he has mental command over Tyler, can't he just mentally command him away? Why is the shot, the physical shot necessary? I didn't really understand that. And then as I was, as I was mentioning, like even if the, the degenerate and the nihilist themes were meant to be cautionary in the end, the narrator indulges in all of his whims and all right. of his degeneracy. And in, and he still gets to watch his plot carried out. And he still has the girl by his side. Is the girl a prize? I mean, it seems implicit that she's something of a prize. She's not a punishment. There's no punishment that comes his way. So I have a hard time believing this movie's a warning about deviating from proper moral cores and engaging too much in your personal whims. I just, yeah, I, I, those themes really brought it down for me. And so, even though I, well, what if you just look at it from the perspective that he's insane? Well, then, then it's less of a thinker to me. If it's just, hey, he's crazy, anything goes. Well, that's less meaningful, and that's less. Maybe creative. that's the whole point. We're supposed to decipher between what what is his insanity hmm. and what is a legitimate uh, philosophical <sighs> message to the public. I will give credit to the movie for making me think about it and then going back and, and think about it more in light of its twist. I think that's a mark of, of some some good thought put behind it. That said, the themes and the, the messages it seems to convey, I just totally they don't they don't stick with me at all. They actually really bugged me and brought me down. I just disagree with them. So ironically, the movie's kind of about a split personality. My experience was very split with this movie, yeah, and so yeah. I put it right in the middle at a three. Some things oh, okay. I think were really interesting and some things I just absolutely hated. Okay. I'll allow it. So it's I will a three. Say, I understand why it has a cult following for men. Uh, which is why. Because um especially in today because the commentary on the the emasculated modern um, American man urbanite in a mundane job resonates with people i think the entire concept of a fight club is actually kind of cool hmm. maybe that's it maybe it's just the brute primal like ass kicking yeah. that is appealing to people as far as the audience perception of the movie a pretty even split between four is in the lead three and five after that so almost one third one third one third uh between those two so generally positive but uh a little more a mix of, of people's thoughts on this than maybe some of the other movies. And after that, I'm actually very surprised. I've never heard of short circuit, but it won the vote last week and it's a 1986 movie. As far as I understand, it's about some AI that goes rogue or a robot becomes too smart for its own good. That's what I got out of the trailer. I and do so love we, me some eighties films. We will watch short circuit from 1986 for next week. 
And then after that, uh, Whiskey Noodles movies are up for November. And um, remember, these are only going to be up for a vote this week and then the week after that. So if any movies on this list catch your eye, you want to make sure and go vote for them. Demolition (laughs) Man, Starship Trooper, Tombstone, Heat, The Lost Boys, Escape from New York, and A Scanner Darkly. Or, of course, you can vote for The Wild Card. And we will pull a random top rated movie instead. As of now, in the early vote, Demolition Man has a decent Sweet, lead. I've never seen it. A lot of people have told me and us that we need to watch it for its relevance to current times. So perhaps we will uh, do that. And a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment on how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do that is my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. And that'll do it. Let's catch up with chat. Oh my. Um, Okay. The sanity revolt says George Floyd's nephew is on tape saying he's acquired a photo of the jury with the intent to dox the county day is the mayor's cousin and uh, the detective that didn't execute the warrant is the mayor's nephew. Well, there's this one family that has all sorts of it's a relationship between, um, yeah, the mayor, the DA's office, and it might be the police department. You might be right. I know that the, the, in this case, it was detective Howard. He's not part of that family, but of course they're all working closely together. So we might have some, uh, yeah, some family implications to what's going on in, uh, in Kenosha. But yeah, I, as far as that guy, this is what I was talking about them saying, um, that they're going to take pictures of jurors outside of the courthouse. This guy's claiming to be George Floyd's nephew. Is that confirmed or is he just saying he's know. just some crazy looking dude posting a Twitter video from what I've seen. This is retarded. Do they not know anything about the law? As uh, soon no. as that happens, as soon as there's juror intimidation, do they want a, a mistrial to be declared? That would be a disaster. Well, if you watch this Twitter video, he does not seem like a very well thought out individual. No. Some might say he takes after George. If it runs in the family. That is so racist. I can't believe. I know. I'm sorry for what I've done. If he only had the brain matter in his lips, then he would have like a a million IQ. That guy. (sighs) You're so racist. I can't believe you said that. I know. So you're just like, you you know, you could be a Democratic Party leader with hypocrisy like that. They're so big. (laughs) So big. I bought PN. Have a great show, guys. I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank all the veterans in the audience. Thank you for not being niggardly. We will will give you a... A Wow. A sounder. I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you. If Bernie um, Sanders can say that, so can I. That's true. And... And uh, and yes, Veterans Day is coming up. Uh, what day of the week is it this week? It's the 11th. But what day is that? Is that Thursday? Yeah, this Thursday, Veterans Day. So happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. EC Morgan. Uh, hey, Matt and Blonde. My wife and I just bought a house in Florida. Next time I watch a show, it'll be from the free state of Florida away from the Democratic People's Republic of New York. Woot. Congratulations. That's Congrats. Great. That's awesome. We're sunscreen. But the one with zinc oxide, not the other one that has all the chemicals in it, right? Titanium. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm not very picky with my sunscreen. Uh, fat hooligan. New rule in Seattle. Vax passport required to eat in restaurants. I was actually turned away the other day. So I went to the cafe across the street where the waitress winked and said, just bring it next time. Shake my head. Oh my God. You got to get out of there, bro. Wow. Lucky you though. At least you got your, your food this time, but God, man, that's crazy. It's wild. Jacko. Elijah Schaefer and Sydney Watson have a new show and it gives me hella, 
matte and blonde vibes. Hmm. Y'all are start uh, better start peeing on hydrants. Also, the booster uh, fucked me up more than the original Vax. I don't recommend it. Why did you get it then? <sighs> Thanks for the donation. You really bitched out on the vaccine. Um, why am I so mean to people that get the vaccine? Why do <laughs> I do this? Thank you for supporting the show. I appreciate it. And thanks for the entitled, support. Go fuck yourself. You're yeah, entitled uh, to your own decision making, and I, I understand why people make the decisions that they do. I'm not super familiar with Sydney Watson. I follow her Instagram, um, but I really like Elijah Shaver. I really like him. Remember, he's been on the show before, way back in the day. I don't know if you even remember. Oh it's God. when he got. It was like three years ago, wasn't it? It's when he got chased around by like a bunch of crazies outside of Maxine Waters' office, <gasps> and the interview actually kind of got botched because he was like in Australia or something, and the connection yeah. was so bad. It was really bad. It yeah. was delayed and cut out and stuff. That's right. Yeah. We have was, interviewed him. Yeah. Um, Boogeyman nine one seven. Frankly, you two are the best. Cheers. Cheers to you. Unorthodox thinker. If people still don't believe in the existence of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you should look into the Travis Scott situation, the most obvious satanic ritual sacrifice I've ever seen. My my dear friend did tell me that it was 666 days and six hours from the creation of the Church of Satan. <laughs> Is that true? I don't know. I, this I heard being the, from one of my the, friends. The stampeding in Houston that killed eight people over the weekend. Was it the stampeding? Because my friends are totally convinced that it was cardiac arrest from people being vaccinated. I, I haven't looked into it. I have no idea. So, And the, the articles I was reading said that like some people had cardiac arrest because somebody was going around injecting fentanyl into their necks. What the and hell? And then the, like the, the subsequent chaos caused... Um, caused a stampede oh okay i was gonna say given the volume of people that has got to, i haven't looked into this but there's got to be video or photo of the stampede yeah, yeah yeah have you ever heard of the phrase crowd surge in previous articles i don't know what that like is that? no okay so okay so my friends are also saying like they've never heard this phrase crowd surge they've gotten really conspiratorial about this and i dismiss them but now i'm wondering if maybe maybe i should listen the only tinfoil is believing what you're shown at face value that's the that's only true. tinfoil these days Marlon Moncrief. Last month, I graduated from Army Basic Training and and at Fort Leonard Wood in Blonde's former Missouri. It was a long and tough road, but I'm proud I crossed it. Keep up the good work, guys, and thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. We appreciate that. Yeah, congratulations uh, and uh, all the best. Appreciate the support for the show. John Bound says, regarding the Rittenhouse trial, how is the FBI withholding evidence from the defense not result in an automatic mistrial? It's a fucking joke. This thing's even in a courtroom. It's pathetic. Let me reload. Well, I think they 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 showed the they showed that evidence to the defense before trial, obviously. So I'm not sure that it violated trial rules because that video was actually first revealed to the public, at least by the defense in their opening statement. This was the video that was supposed to change everything because it showed Kyle being the aggressor. But to your question of yeah, why did the FBI hang on to relevant evidence for a year? I, I don't know that that means the trial pr- uh, process is flawed, but it does raise a lot of questions about what the hell the FBI is doing. Yeah. And to go to the and I, I, I mentioned it briefly in the video too to go straight to the prosecutors, because that is that's it appears that's what they did. The FBI went straight to the prosecution. They didn't go to other local law enforcement. The defense team learned about this footage at its mention by the prosecution at a pretrial hearing. So what the hell is the FBI doing? And they yeah. lost the HD version. Whoops. Who knows? We just, we have footage of a murder. At least that's what they're claiming. It's I, it's not a murder, but they're claiming the prosecution is. And whoops, we just lost the footage of it. 
Yeah. It says the most prestigious investigation agency in the country. Yeah. Hmm. Knuckle Hunky Buck says profaning the president. How dare the heretics use his name in vain? We must enact blasphemy laws to punish those who would dare chant. Let's go, Brandon. The Vax is brought to you by Pfizer, with the letter G and the number 12. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, in creepy Sesame Street language, for sure. Yeah. God. Trapped to the world. Now that Bubba Wallace was discredited and we made money selling all those BLM model cars, we are not a political organization. Yeah, that's NASCAR. right. Yep. What did NASCAR do? Did they come out? Did I can't remember if NASCAR, the organization, how they handled the Bubba Wallace thing. I know they were part of the investigation, but were they like, have they done pro BLM stuff? I can't remember. They probably did. Everybody. Did they did. issue an apology for that? I can't remember what exactly NASCAR did in that situation. Oh, Robin D. Banks. Imagine this Tinder profile. Have wig and skirt will travel to local bathroom for the booty. Either we're doing it or I'm doing it. <laughs> Something similar happened in Charlotte, North Carolina recently, I hear. Uh, I, we're not far away from that if it's not already happening. Yeah. What is this in reference to? Is it the Loudon thing? Yeah, yeah. As though oh, okay. you're going to solicit such interactions directly on Twitter using that premise. Gotcha. Okay. Which people probably already are. I'm sure they are. Chimp in a bow tie. From trust the science to breakthrough cases to 100% of ICU cases in Dutch hospitals being double vaxxed. We're now bribing New York City, New York five-year-olds $100 to get jabbed. It's Pfizer's world. We just live in it. Yeah. Th- now comes the time. Are parents going to protect their children or are they going to give their children <laughs> to the state? This is asinine. I don't know, man. A hundred bucks is a hundred bucks. I know you love your daughter, but hey, that's a Chris Benjamin. Oh <laughs> Give my it God. some thought. Fucking crazy. Humble. Is that, are they actually doing that in New York? You vax your kid and they give you a hundred bucks. Oh my God. They probably are. Ugh. Um, dummy rounds have a bullet crimped in the case so that when filming a revolver, you can see the tip of the rounds in the cylinder. They have a hole drilled in the case. so You can visually see the powder has been removed. That oh, would be okay. so easy to tell. Why wouldn't you? And it was a revolver too. Couldn't you just? Yeah. She didn't have to empty the whole mag. I know things. No, she's she's got to load each round into the six uh, sil- um, chambers in that cylinder. But you would think you're uh, I don't know. I don't know what their process is, but I'm assuming if you're the gun safety person, you've got to expect you've got to inspect each and every round that you're putting into that cylinder. Yeah, I would think. Um, but what do I know? I don't do uh, <laughs> gun safety on movie sets, I guess. Yeah, really? Uh, Robin D. Banks, come on, man. Where am I? What happened to Eisenhower? Also, who pooped my pants? Famous African-American baseball player, President Brandon. When will they just admit the dude has dementia? Never. They'll never admit that ever. Um, yeah. When Mr. will they admit that he died months ago? Yeah, we'll for We'll never real. get that either. But those are unsubstantiated accusations that he pooped his pants. And the accusation this weekend is that he farted in front of Camilla or whatever her. Uh, who's the the English lady? Camilla, I think. Well, who yeah, hasn't fart- farted in front of he her? He farted in front of her. That's what they're they, saying. They probably It was probably dueling farts with them. They're both so old. <laughs> uh, Friedrich Kressenstein. Let's go, Brandon. Wait, let's Brandon go. He got me there. Uh, let's go, Brandon. Uh, Is that a like Yoda version of it? Kind of? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Brady Sutliff says, nice shirt, Matt. Fucking beast. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. I just, it's a, it's a He Myers parts and service shirt. You know, it, it's just a service shop in Granby, Colorado. You can go there and they do great welding and they do uh, 
Oh, is this a, a truck? <laughs> uh, uh, oh my God. Help me out. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a reference to a particular modified bulldozer. Oh, okay. We can't talk about that. No, we can. It's just, oh, okay. You know. <laughs> what is it called? What is the documentary the called? Tread. Yeah. Tread, tread is the, tread is the documentary. Ben Smith. I think the $150 spent uh, a half on business cards and flyers, half on donuts. The funniest race was that mayoral candidate in Buffalo who was endorsed by AOC lost to a ride in candidates. Oh, I must've missed that one. That's, that's pretty hilarious though. Great. That sounds about right. Philip Hayden, we're planning an Austin meetup, maybe even a meetup for barbecue mm. next weekend. If you aren't on our Discord, get in touch with us via Matt's spreadsheet on the website, email or text welcome all if you're white. That's not what it says. I'm just It's <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you. And, and good luck with the event. If you're in Austin and you want more information, tell you what, Philip, why don't you send me an email? And if you're in Austin and you're interested in the meetup, as in BBQ, uh, you guys can send me an email and I will connect the two of you. That way you don't have to go navigating, searching for emails in the spreadsheet or something. Meetup. Everybody involved, just send me an email. Appreciate it. Matt loves getting emails, especially about the production quality of the show. So if you have any suggestions about how we can make things better, I know that he would really like to stay up late tonight and read those. It, Thanks, how guys. things would be correctly done if, if it was under your direction. Mm, yes. Yeah. 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 And even <laughs> suggest that we get a producer. Very helpful. Ah. Uh, chubby we actually could so, use one but i know <laughs> maybe one day we'll get one and we'll be like <laughs> so claiming pandemics as politically based causes uh, causes the deaths of americans by downplaying the coof but equating a political rival to a variant of it is okay yeah nothing hypocritical about that they don't yeah. care um robin d banks don't tell the left but if they just screech a little bit louder about racism if they just call a few more people white supreme pizzas <laughs> we'll totally start voting for them uh, again it'll, it'll i was work. convinced I, th I thought wow i i am racist they're right and the only way to correct it is to vote democrat i know i, I just want to purge myself of my racism by by voting again for democrats uh master crack <laughs> 18 years active duty, AF had woo flu in September and was fine, forced to get vaccinated or waste 18 years of my life. Both shots were worse than the woo flu. And now I have a lung and lymph node problem. Whoa. Damn, son. I'm sorry to hear that. Wow. I'm sorry. Um, dang, that's it's uh, to have the experience of having had it and the vaccine and to say that your vaccine experience was worse. worse that's something yeah. else. But I, I hope that uh, everything improves. And of course, thank you for um, your service in the Air Force as well incompetent hands last time i checked steel toe boots worked on anyone taking out their daddy issues on others skirt or no skirt coming um, to a school district near you self-defense steel toe for that boots i just think that there's more to the story not that i believe his mother's account in it's in in the entirety but yeah. when you've had a previous sexual relationship that's basically the same as this meetup and that's been confirmed by the girl. It does shed obviously a little bit of suspicion on it. What was different about this? Why was this different? Uh, what was different about this by their account is that he started and tried to do stuff that she did not consent to, which of course is different. But so did she consent to the vaginal, but not the anal? That is what, well, that's what they're saying. At least prior, at least prior, she had consented to the encounter. Now something new was tried this time. And of course, um, yeah, it's not a situation that the young girl should be putting herself in, but that also doesn't mean that she was not abused. And I know I understand that. And you can, you know, just because you've consented to somebody once doesn't mean that you consent in perpetuity. I understand yeah. that, that as well. But it does. This is not the case that we thought it was. It, it isn't. It's not. This kid was not transgender. 
Uh, no, but we've, well, we've kind of suspected from the start that it's just somebody using that policy as a way to achieve the sorts of things that he achieved. Yeah, that's that's what's going on here. So, um, and a lot of it is that we don't understand today's youth. Like when I was growing up, you had to be hot or athletic or funny or like you had to have something about you that made you not get your ass kicked or made fun of constantly. <laughs> but these kids these days, they just put on a fucking skirt and they're like, I'm pansexual. And then people think they're cool. It's like this kid is just is probably a lot more standard than we think in today's youth. Maybe. I don't know. I, I've said it before, but you know, I, I, 2006 to 2010, I went to a progressive liberal arts college in Portland, Oregon. There should be or should have been lots and lots of transgender people there. The school was heavily overrepresented in lesbians. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Well, lesbianism but, is the first step to some weird gender identity issues. But there, I, I had never known a transgender person until much later in my life. Yeah. There was not one. It is one. a new phenomenon, yeah. And this isn't even that long ago. It's 2006 to 2010. There were not transgender people in the volumes that they claim walking around right. a place where they should have been walking around openly. They weren't. Exactly, yeah. Um, Shady Endeavor, for anybody else archiving our sanity, safe space. I finished adding and updating all episodes on the TV DB. Feel free to add more info and art. Jam me, pack, jack me, push me, pull me, talk hard. <laughs> Why'd you make me say that? Why? All right. Well, thank Mojack you for your contributions as well. COVID-19 researcher blows the whistle on data integrity issues and fibers of vaccine trial published November 2nd in the British Medical Journal. Couldn't send you ah. the link in super chat. Great. Sure. I'm going to check I, this out. Um, I'd like to see it. Yeah, send me an email. Sandy Revolt. Can we use wildcard every other week? I think seeing little known stuff that members of this community joy that general population may not would still be cool. Yeah. I, I, we're open to new ideas. Let's get this down. If we start to see wildcard too often, we will reform our policy. That's fair, right? You, you have to let it breathe a little bit too. The one thing yeah. that I want to avoid is like changing, changing the policy yeah, or changing the, the format every month. Yeah. And currently, you know, I like the way that it's working. I, I kind of like an even mix of audience pick plus wildcard. And it keeps the nominators thinking about public appeal and thinking about relevance, which is the original purpose. That's true. Hoof hearted. His name is Matt Christensen. Uh, like the religion. His name is Matt Christensen. Like the religion. Love the show. I eaters. Well, I always say Christensen, like the religion, S-E- Christian, like the religion, S-E-N. When I tell people how to spell my name, because uh, otherwise it's too long. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's helpful. Um, yeah. Incompetent hands. Director David Fincher was deeply disappointed in his aliens three Alien 3. When Project Mayhem wipes the videos at Blockbuster with the magnet, Alien 3 is on the shelf. Also, Pitt pulls Norton out of the driver's seat after the crash. Oh, uh, yeah, the car crash. I guess he could have pulled himself out, right? Or wait, how can he? What? Yeah, I guess he could have pulled himself. I don't know. Wasn't he unconscious? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember the scene exactly, but there's got to be various oh, so inconsistencies stupid. like that. Randy Chase. I'm not sure the nom- of nominating process, but the Suicide Kings is a great Christopher Walken movie. Don't expect a ton of action, just great dialogue and a pretty good cast. Cheers. You know, I like a slow movie that lacks action. I don't know what to say here. These action films are exhausting. Um, no. I was tired for like two hours after watching this today. Robert Lockhart <laughs> says, I propose a compromise. Wild cards only win if they reach a threshold like 40% of the vote to make sure they're popular with a lot of viewers. 
Oh, that's so exhausting. Listed movies will have a good chance of winning too. Wait. We'll reform it. Just let let it breathe. You got to let it breathe. And here's, here's the thing with as much respect to the bit. And I appreciate that people are into it. And thank you for your support for the show, by the way. And I, I love that people are into it and they have strong feelings about it. Also, we got to remember this is a total side thing that was just meant as a fun bit that we do to end the show each and every week. And the more complication and time that I put into it, the, the less, less we want to do it. <laughs> it, it. Well, it does become more work, but it, it's less time that I have to put to the focal work product, which is the show and the, the rest of the stuff I make, you know, it's less time for a lot of things. And I, I just, I can't have this thing become as intricate and timed and time involved as some other more focal pieces of the work. So I, that's a long way of me saying I want to keep it as simple as possible. So I'm not having to do all this kind of complicated uh, decision-making each and every week. Chris Hines, what is Elmo? Is he a monkey? I do not know. Do your Mitch Hedberg impression. Why don't you tell me to do that first before I read that? Do you have a I'm Mitch Hedberg impression? Doesn't everybody? I'm not doing it though. I I, I can't remember you ever doing it. A Mitch Hedberg. I, I don't. Do you ever remember me doing any impression ever? You're not. You don't do a lot of impressions. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I don't do it on command either. I remember one but, time I was on a live stream and somebody tried to make me do an impression of shoe on head while shoe on head was on the live stream. So I just acted like the call was dropped and I just hung up. <laughs> I was, I'm not doing this. I well was, played. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, whoa, what happened? My internet sucks. Yeah. Um, slosher. Do you guys ever use the term awful pronounce awful uh, affluent white female liberals? Also, it's fun calling people liberal liberals poofs online to see how they react. Um, I just learned of this term awful a few months ago fitting but i like it yeah n-word faggot wow so brandon acted like a pedo with his own daughter i hear they've also recently discovered yeah no shit yeah i'd also like to know at what age these showers happened not that that changes that much i mean i don't think the age is specified in the diaries right it just says like i think i had probably inappropriate showers with my father it says she must remember them yeah so she's must be older than three in in any case it's weird but like doing with a three-year-old and doing it with like a 10-year-old i think that there is like a an increase in the level of weirdness right yeah um all weird nonpartisan media project veritas caused a lot of problems for the establishment lately with their videos on school board meetings and the vaccines i'm guessing the diaries an attempt to get rid of them is payback yeah okay that Could sounds be. totally feasible to me yeah. yeah makes more sense than what we're supposed to believe in this case mostly peaceful gun owner remember when they kept finding shit on the floor in the white house and blame the dogs <laughs> <laughs> they did Welcome. get rid of those dogs didn't they they That's bit too true. many people and they sent them away Welcome to Mick Hitler's. Can I take your order? Um, I will have six million cheeseburgers, please. <laughs> I was going to say there's a lot of jokes. <laughs> Move leave along. Them, leave them all. Uh, Irish Nat says, Matt, where's the surprise cringe from Microsoft presentation? Have my wife watching tonight ready to react alongside Blonde? We still enjoyed the show, though. What? I actually don't. I didn't see that. I must have missed it. I don't know Uh-oh. what happened in the Microsoft presentation. Let me reload. But thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. And shout out to your wife as well. Knuckle hunky buck, you cork soakers <laughs> are really okay. going to let a wild card pick out a wild card pick beat out Starship heckin' troopers. I'm ashamed of every single person who voted for that wild card. I love Starship Starship Troopers, and I bet Skag would hate it. 
Um, but I don't think we're ever going to watch it. We'll see. It's up for vote the next two weeks. So if you really want to see Starship Troopers, get in there and vote. Or else it'll go movie. away. Ben Smith. Crowd surge happened in the Hillsborough disaster, too. It's something to look at. I think the Scott incident happened for the same reasons, mostly being lack of crowd control and general hooliganism. Yeah, my friends had never heard that term. I've heard it dozens and dozens of times. Hmm. Um, it's, it happens a lot at concerts and stuff like that. Uh, but I was just wondering if uh, if the our audience was unfamiliar with this term and if they were seeing it being regurgitated in um, hmm. in media right now. Reality Lobster, been listening for a few years and finally put a ring on my ping and now have a little ping on the way. Some of what's been discussed on this show by YouTube probably influenced all that. Let's go, Brandon. Good job. Congratulations. That's so Congratulations. Great. That's great to hear. That's great. We're good over it. Thank here. You. All right. Just a couple uh, or a few on Tippy Stream and then we'll get out of here. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, over on DLive as well. Uh, let me grab those actually. C2K says, my birthday next Friday, so Thursday will be uh he's flying to saint lucia saint lucia saint lucia saint lucia for a week second uh country in three months all without any jabs well congratulations nice. that's that's got to be difficult and happy birthday uh also says uh pv exposed Oh, Project Veritas exposed New Jersey voting issues gets raided 24 hours later. Well, it definitely could be. Project Veritas has exposed a lot of inconvenient things for a lot of powerful people. That's in large part why he's hated yeah. so much. So I uh, I don't doubt that those are the motivations for this. And the, and the Biden diary is just the, the pretext needed to achieve those ends. Uh, over on uh, Tippy Stream, Jacob says, seeing George... Is it Takai or Takei? Is do we know? Takai is what I've been saying. I'm gonna go with Takai. Seeing George Takai's Twitter <laughs> Twitter takes makes me wish FDR had taken notes from one of his his colleagues regarding <laughs> regarding how to run camps uh, in Minecraft. Susan, well, he did kind of take some notes, maybe just <laughs> not as detailed notes. Um, is seriously speaking, is George Takai Japanese? He's he I I don't I would have guessed I don't know I guess my what would you call your Asian radar or your ability to differentiate uh yeah he's totally Japanese let me all see. right yeah I guess I guess he probably is early life check he's Jewish I'm just joking yeah he's, he's totally Japanese <laughs> late to the uh, party small white pill a coworker of mine has been red pilled to the point where we greet each other with modified Roman salutes always seek Kyle. He's on trial. You don't have to look for him. And no knickers, as in pants, allowed, as in audible. Okay. All right. Glad you guys uh, greet each other appropriately. Phil says, Van Jones calling GOP politicians white supremacists. Well, he wants, um, but we all know uh, they would rather... Uh, harm their own voters than offend the 13% if only the GOP was uh, as based as the left thought it was. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. It's like the horror show that they're describing is is Phil like nodding his head and saying makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Redicus says, Matt, um, look up Tiger Patel's political ads. He walked down the street to Eye of the Tiger and walked through a playground with interesting graffiti. I, I haven't heard anything about that, so I'll have to check it out. Mm. Long Dong John, and thank you. Uh, Long Dong John says, speaking of Nick Gurr, 
I had a teacher in high school whose last name was Gurr. Now I wonder if she ever had a son named Nicholas. There's got to be someone out there, I would think. No, no. So, someone's got to be out there. We'll find one one day. Okay. Um, I think we're all set. Let me refresh. Right. We good on YouTube? Yeah, it looks like looks it. Looks like it. And uh, we're good over on Tippy Stream as well. And we're good on DLive. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. We appreciate your company as always. And uh, thanks for... <laughs> Thanks for always trying to get us into uh, verbal traps as well. We appreciate it. Hopefully we navigated decently well tonight. Of course, if you would like more of the show to listen to, there is more on the audio platforms. You can listen back to the call-in show. You can listen to extra material you may not find on YouTube. All linked in the description and over on the website as well. Speaking of the website, you can find everything show related over there. If you want to find the show, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to pick up some merchandise, if you want to find awesome deals from uh, our friendly listener owned businesses, head on over to the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. We will be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not meet the press. It is the Matt and Blonde show. Have a great night. Bye guys. Thank you.